0: what is up people and thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the new generation sports talk podcast i'm your host ej stewart we got a lot to get to on today's show obviously the fallout from the george floyd death and all of the protests that have happened around the world is immense and it's a lot to get to so uh in regards to how it relates to sports so we'll be breaking down everything we've we've seen over the last few weeks the good the bad and the ugly all of it we'll try to get to not all of it because it's literally too much um uh, but we'll, we'll get to as much as we can. One of those big factors has been kind of the, uh, the pressure that people have been applying on Dabo Sweeney over the last weeks. Um, his uh, players had to come out and defend him today. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And um, we didn't do the show last week, but we get to discuss that the NBA now has a format for how it will move forward with its season when it resumes. Uh, newly announced today. Uh, that it will be not july 30th initially it was announced july 31st um but now it's july 30th so we'll get to all that stuff kendall's court at the end is going to be good so you want to stick around for that kendall is my co-host now kendall uh as you know last week we didn't do a show i wasn't feeling too well last thursday and it didn't make sense to really do it after that so one of the things i was concerned about by not doing a show last week after all the chaos that happened was it'd be too much to get to on today's show but one thing you pointed out was that you know it, it allows you, it allows me to kind of really breathe in and kind of kind of you know take in a lot of this information, a lot of this stuff that's been happening, uh, and we we can come back better for it. So I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case for you, because I guarantee you, if I would have went on Thursday after those Drew Brees comments, I don't know, I don't know what I would have said. I would keep it one hundred. It would have been, it might not have been pretty.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you know, it's best to let. Other people handle the conversation, you know, if you feel like um, you may get too heated. But, uh, obviously, Drew Brees got uh, the smoke that a lot of people felt was necessary. Uh, and he, w- he walks back his comments, but we'll talk about that. Um, you, like you mentioned, Dabble Sweeney, he's had a lot of, uh, <laughs> been a lot of controversy surrounding him, so we'll talk about him and what that means for the Clemson program going forward and college football coaches going forward, but... Um, But yeah, Kendall's Court should be interesting Because as you know If you've listened to the last couple weeks um, I've been updating Kind of the resumption of sports You know, we've talked about uh, KBO baseball We've talked about uh, The first UFC uh, pay-per-view Since the uh, Since the COVID-19 Pandemic hit Uh, We talked about the match in golf last week Um, So we had some interesting, uh, some interesting sports come back and you know show themselves uh, in the last week and a half. So uh, we'll be talking about that uh, uh, during Kendall's court. Yeah, that should be good. You guys want to make sure you uh, check that out at the end of the show.
0: But let's start with the beginning. As I said, uh, the death of George Floyd has not just uh, rocked you know the world in general, but it's rocked the sports world as well. Uh, last week, the NFL players, a lot of his star players it included Tyron Matthew, it included um, Jamal Adams, it even included uh, uh, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who I think it took a lot of people by surprise given his, uh, his his kind of stature as the face of the NFL. Uh, this video that was posted by these players uh, demanded that the league condemn racism, systematic oppression, and voice support for Black Lives Matter. Um, this was a, a pretty bold thing considering where things have stood with the NFL and protests and where it's, it's uh, allegiances are politically, some of these owners. So uh, the fact that these players went on their own and put out this PSA, basically demanded that the NFL, uh, uh, you know, stand up against racism in a major way after the statement they put out, which was, I guess your typical generic corporate statement uh, was compelling to say the least. See how, see how it unfolded. Uh, Commissioner Goodell ended up putting out a response video in which he apologized to the players for uh, not listening to uh, players' concerns sooner about racism. Uh, But the video did not mention Colin Kaepernick uh, at all, despite um, a lot of people hoping that that would have been the case. Uh, He's essentially been blackballed, obviously, for taking a knee during the National Anthem in 2016 to protest racism and police brutality. Uh, But the apology uh, word apparently caught some of the owners off guard. Apparently, Goodell had only spoken to a few of them, and a lot of them didn't know this was coming out, so they were surprised to even see this apology video happen. Uh, the league today announced it is committing $250 million to combat racism, but not everything, as I said, is going very smoothly for the NFL since these protests have broken out. Uh, we mentioned Drew Brees quite briefly on this show at the top, but he got skewered and was forced to apologize, saying that he couldn't respect anyone who dared to uh, protest. During the national anthem, stating that you know he thinks that the respect for the flag should be above all, essentially, and that when he thinks about it, he thinks about his grandfathers who uh, who who fought in World War II. Um, he got just blistered not just by general the general public and other NFL players, but even his own teammates who, who really came out against him. Uh, he had to apologize. They seemed to have smoothed things over, um, but Kendall. With everything that's happened, uh, you know the NFL, I guess will be the first aspect of this conversation before we move on to other aspects. Uh, is there any way the NFL can do anything in your eyes that can kind of square away this whole thing? So I, I feel like of the major leagues, and we'll get to NASCAR in a second, but I think um, of the, like the, the three or four major sports, it felt like the NFL probably was going to have the highest the, the biggest uphill battle, and I think it showed very quickly that that was going to be the case with those players coming out and immediately kind of getting out in front of it and saying the nfl needs to do more and say more and be definitive about what they feel yeah yeah this is like a persistent battle that they can never win like are we asking too much
1: well i i think a lot of it has to do with a lot of this falls on the people that work within the nfl um and obviously, at the head of that is Roger Goodell, and at the head of that is the 32 owners. Um, the 32 owners, personally, I don't have the most faith in those, and all of those men collectively coming together and saying that this is a way that we should go. But at the same time, I think that there are there are some owners and some franchises that have stepped up and said things, or some that haven't. But um, as a league. It's not only, but the the brunt of this is not only on the owner. Sometimes it's on some of the employees within the league. You know, we've seen Troy Vincent now trying, at least trying to be more uh, vocal about some of these things. And uh, shout out to uh, Brendan uh, Minter, who's the he's the manager of social video at the NFL. He was the one that actually came up with the idea to go to the players and say, "You guys got to make a video
0: challenging this thing." Because let's make sure that man, let's make sure sure that man has 24 seven security and nothing happens to that man. Because I I can't imagine that the owners knew that that was going to be what was going to be said in this video. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah,
0: no. Let's 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 protect. Let's protect Mr. Mentor by all means. Yeah. Because It was a powerful video. But I mean, I didn't think it was an NFL video when I watched it. I thought it was something they just came up together. That's new information for me yeah
1: i mean the nfl didn't his bosses didn't necessarily know about it uh, right but i'm saying the yeah. fact that an nfl
0: employee besides yeah. the players were like involved
1: in crafting it like i knew right. someone had to craft it but i didn't think it would be someone from the nfl social department right they'd so be an agent or something like that right exactly but yeah no this is this wasn't a player association idea but um but it shows you that they're not all bad under the shield that there are still people that you know think the way we think or think the way certain people think and that is positive and that's why I feel like the NFL NFL isn't they're not gone in terms of like there's no way they can be convinced there's no way a lot of these things are either you know their own kind of deep down beliefs for a long time their own kind of uh, conservative I don't say conservative but you know things that haven't aged well their, their own beliefs that haven't aged well or uh, money, or there are a lot of these things that are financially uh, incentivized uh, for them. So if, the, so, if the conversation can be changed in the not only in the social landscape, but then if that can also affect them from a financial standpoint, yeah, I think the NFL certainly will have a better idea. And I think we've already seen that. The goalposts, you know, the target has been moved from, yeah, you know kneeling for the national anthem is bad to kneeling for the national anthem has nothing to do with the conversation. And that's, that's only happened in four years. Uh, and that's now what the, you know, that's now becoming where, you know, again, essentially the center has been moved. And if you don't say anything, doing nothing is nuts right now. Yeah, you look absolutely nuts. It's perceived a massive negative, a massive loss. So now you, uh, you're not forced to say something. If you don't, you're going to be challenged, i.e. Jerry Jones, who hasn't said anything. has been challenged a lot by a lot of people around in the sports media and in the league. But um, but now it, the, the center has been moved to, look, you have to say something. It almost certainly has to be at least somewhat crafted, you know, with some sort of level of intelligence, somewhat level of depth. And that's just the bare minimum we've now seen the NFL come out and make donations and things of that nature that also kind of add to the, add to the level of, you know, whatever they're trying to do and, you know, trying to put their image in a more positive light. So that helps. So I think there are things they can do. Uh, Obviously Colin Kaepernick is a guy that would certainly help push them in the right direction. And it's sad that we have to say now in 2020, yeah, signing, signing Colin Kaepernick would certainly help the, the image of the league because when we had these discussions over the last four years, it's been more so, yeah, is a massive risk for the league and how many people they're going to lose. And now I think people are finally starting to realize, and hopefully the league is starting to realize that in reality, the only people you're going to lose are, I don't want to say they're all racist, but like the only people you're going to lose at this point, if you sign Kaepernick are going to be people that you probably don't want as fans anyway. You may want their money, but they hopefully don't represent what the league is trying to where the league is trying to go. Because if you're not if you don't mm-hmm. sign Kaepernick, well yeah, you're not you might as well not sign Patrick Mahomes. Is that and that's the value of what that video they put out We you put guys like Saquon Barkley and Jamal Adams in that video, superstar players, especially young superstar players, it adds a level of wow, we got to have to do it. And then there's the report that Goodell felt compelled to do this video after he saw Patrick Mahomes in there. You know? I think that's yeah, when exactly. the, the league realized we have to we have to do something. We, you know, well we that's
0: yeah. yeah, well that's why I mentioned Mahomes uh and you know I tell you what, I don't I don't know where this is gonna go overall. But if that's the case, which we have no reason to believe it's not, man, he deserves a lot of props. Um because no, yes, he's a, a black man. He's biracial, but he is a black man. Um, but you know, the way you know, he comports himself as your kind of, you know, typical franchise quarterback. You know, we don't look at kind of the how he, he he presents himself the same way people have kind of nitpicked ridiculously at the likes of Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton for their swagger and their the way they dress and things like that. Like, you know, McCombs is is a pretty, you know, straight laced guy for lack of a better term. So and we know his position in the league, so I didn't know I didn't know or expect anything from him. Right. Um maybe and that's me thinking real, too less of him. From Go Texas. Yeah, yeah, you know he's like from Texas. Like it's yeah, may so, not be in his brand's best interest to speak out. Yeah, he plays in the state of Missouri. Like, you know, it's it's I, I, I just didn't I just didn't expect anything. Um but that's again maybe that's a that's my fault because i think that uh if you look kind like of yeah. yeah and i think if you if you if even if you look at you know you know kind of his character like people have always talked about how high character he is um i remember even before he started playing like uh the way he didn't take local endorsement deals because he didn't want people to in his first rookie year because he didn't want to in any way overshadow what Alex was doing when Alex Smith was still the quarterback and how he thought that that was important to not really be in the limelight. Like, just took money out of his pocket, literally, for the team in a time when he wasn't going to play. Like, so, and I know that's one example, but there are like, he's he's been a high-character guy since he stepped in the league. So I don't know why I didn't think he would, but we know what happens. There are other high-profile quarterbacks, black and white, who who, because of where they are and where their stature is, kind of... Hesitate to speak out on these things, and so the fact that he did it, I, I think, especially if this ends up going a long way with the NFL having to really do a lot. We already see them, you know, forking over more money because that's the only reaction they have is just throw money at a problem. Uh, you know, that's that, that that that's something. You know, so I think you know Mahomes deserves a lot, of, a lot of credit for that. The thing about cap, first of all, I think that the Goodell, the Goodell thing. Just rings hollow, I think, for a lot of people. The whole video he posted because he didn't mention Kaepernick, and he didn't mention that they were like what he says they were. We apologize for not listening to you guys sooner about racial issues. I'm not sure if that's really the the that really was the beef of the 2016 thing, like the overall beef. Like he had to like kind of set up to what exactly is the issue right now. I think the issue overarching i know we can get kind of in the, in the weeds but the issue became the league's kind of lack of support for players protesting racism and police brutality like it's just like they gave them no cover at all basically they left them completely out to dry the president's talking crazy about them it wasn't until then when they finally did that stupid thing where every team kneeled like it was like this is ridiculous at this point um and like that, that lack of cover and you know continued with guys not getting re-signed, Kaepernick being blackballed. Like that, I think was the overall issue. It wasn't that you weren't listening to them. Yes, that was one of the issues because they there were issues where the league and them weren't even out about how to go about making some kind of change. Uh, the players' coalition, in its in fairness, the players themselves also had infighting that, that didn't make things easier. But I think the larger issue was that y'all just left us out to dry. We went out there, a lot of us, to say this is wrong. Police brutality is wrong. Racism is wrong back then. And a lot of you guys, because of your relationships politically outside of football or just because you, you feared the backlash that they were getting. Let's not keep it like, oh, everything was fine and you guys just did something. out Like they were getting backlash. There's no question about it. But instead of kind of standing up to it and kind of backing the players, they cowered. They just they left all those guys out to dry. Jerry Jones saying no player should ever kneel for the national anthem, like, like they like a lot of these owners, a lot of these teams just kind of just, you know, just let their players kind of do whatever they wanted, and uh, you know, I did a story Antonio Cromartie, shout out to uh, to Master, to, uh, please forgive me for pronouncing your, your last name. You uh, was his last name? Well, I, I
1: just called him you Master. tried it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I called him Master because I've met him before, so I don't even know now. I, I feel like. Come going, master. master from, uh, uh, from from Bleacher Report, who is talked to Antonio Cromartie. Twitter is a uh, master test. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with master test because I know mean, it's test fast, test fast, I believe. Um, but anyway, uh, shout out to him. He 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 did an interview during his series that he does for Bleacher, where he talked to Crow, uh, Antonio Cromartie. And Cromartie talked about how yeah, I got cut because I kneeled. Um, this is what I think when he was with the Colts, and that was I think that might have been the game when uh, Pence showed up. If I'm not mistaken, I, I could be mixing those details up, but I'm pretty sure it was the Colts. That's the one thing I, I know for sure. And he did get cut because of it. He felt um, he said they said, "Oh, it's because you're injured," but he's like, "I'm not injured." So, like, guys lost their jobs. Like, this was a serious deal. This wasn't like nothing. And you guys like just completely let the guys out to dry. And I think that that also a lot makes the Goodell apology feel hollow because he's kind of referencing something that kind of yeah, it's part of the issue, but it's not really the issue because i I don't know if anyone really thinks the nfl is supposed to like be a a a a change agent for like racial justice in america now there's racism in the nfl like the fact that there's you know two one black coach two black i mean black coaches there are there no black executives like there's there's systemic racism in the organization that they have to figure out and I don't know how much of the conversations the players have with the NFL was about that. I never felt like it ever really was. And that was one of the issues I think I probably had with um, where negotiations were going between the players in the NFL. But I think a lot of it was just this was they were doing the right thing. <laughs> Let's keep it 100. I don't like who could argue against fighting racism and police brutality. If you're fi- arguing that, then I don't mean there's really no, nothing to talk about at that point. So if you know what their cause is right, that black men shouldn't be getting killed and beaten up by police and that racism is a bad thing in America and that it's a problem, all seemingly easy things to understand. Why was all the fuss in 2016? Why did the NFL not feel comfortable embracing those players? It was out of cowardice, out of cowardice for their pockets, out of cowardice for public appeal. And what they learned very quickly is Man, times have changed. That's the one thing I've learned. That's the thing I've learned the most out of all this thing is, you know, we talk about how, oh, man, we have no progress. And things are just as bad as it was. And to some degree, yeah, like, a lot of this is showing how little we've gotten accomplished. But as I told you um, off air before we did this show, like, days ago, like, this whole, that whole Drew Brees, thing, Drew Brees thing told me where we are and why, how far we've come. Because... What Drew Brees said, you could have copy and pasted that same answer from 2016. He's not catching any smoke for that. Any? That was a he went with the basic, this was like your, you know, spider 2 wide banana like easy completion first down like, okay, I can't talk about racism um but I want to speak to about the flag and why you can't protest the flag, even though racism is bad. Oh, military. Like that was just like simple. This is your this is your, che- your five yard check down. Like this is easy. Yeah. And or this is like, you know, a lay up in the paint. And man, the United States of America, if this was like a, a going in for a layup. This was Tayshaun Prince coming from out of nowhere and throwing that joint into the fifth row. I mean, this was we, they weren't having it. And I was stunned. I, I I was obviously completely appalled by the absurd answer he gave. But I was absurd. I was I was appalled when all the people were saying it
1: in twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. But it, beca- it became the mainstream answer. So yeah, I wasn't I like I guess some people were shocked. I, I wasn't shocked that Drew Brees said it. Neither was I. I was every, expecting him to say that. <laughs> everyone in the league of a certain kind of <laughs> a certain kind of demographic pretty much said it. The last time
0: we had sports, Breeze was chilling with Trump.
1: Right. The,
0: literally the last time
1: I saw this dude, he was posted up with Trump.
0: You, I, I didn't expect anything different.
1: And so, yeah. So, but the, like, yeah. Again, the surprise was that, and again, I think it's because the conversation has just shifted socially. A lot, a lot of people are frustrated, um, and now I think. Companies are realizing they have to act soon because you don't want to look like you're on the wrong side of history. Man, I don't.
0: I I think that it's it's nuts to me that Kaepernick has not been signed yet. After all of this, like it's. I think these teams, right, you're clearly like, don't know. Clearly don't know business. Two
1: weeks, no one signed him.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. that this or, is completely crazy. Like crazier than even at any point in this whole thing, because. Because it's very clear what the business move is and where people stand on this in regards to the people that are really putting a voice out. You know, it's just like, when you know, in politics and they say, you know, yeah, maybe things are 50 50. But the side that has the most energy is usually the side that wins. Where's the energy right now? You could argue that the energy was overwhelming Maybe in twenty sixteen was maybe overwhelming for the people. All oh, military, all oh, whatever. Like you could argue, man, those people were really strong, and they had a president and a vice president behind it. Look, I'm not going to say anything other than it was still cowardice to, to stand where they stand. But at the very least, you could say, okay, there is, there are some loud people out there who are making it clear this guy is unwelcome. His trip to Buffalo was a horror show. You know what I'm saying? You no, know, yeah. so, so. I don't want to minimize that aspect of it, but they're not nearly as loud or as visible or as seemingly interested now. Because what the NFL players did with that video, what Cadell did with his video, the the absolute blistering that breeze got like for it cuz his comments, if that were, all this happened in 2016, you would have heard way more of the Yeah, but, yeah, but, Breeze, lay off his, like, he's not getting it. Nobody's getting that. Nobody, after what happened to Mr. Floyd, nobody is even daring to kind of step up and be like, no, I'm not going to allow this to happen. This is not right in regards to protesting, in regards to standing up for Kaepernick. A lot of people, especially, I think what also has turned is a lot of people saw Minnesota burning. And then, you know, there are some people who still don't get it, but a lot of people are like, Oh, this is why peaceful protest is probably better than this. Yeah. And I'm not gonna be the one to I'm not gonna be the one on the podcast waving my finger at looting right now. Sorry. Turn to another podcast. But I think for almost anybody, anybody could look at what was happening in those first few days and what had happened in other cities in subsequent days and been like, Man, got people just kneeling, it was way more Way less destructive than this. And when you keep, when you know, a lot of these people who like to throw out the peaceful protest angle whenever they see any kind of looting or rioting, you know, they always like to throw that out. It's kind of hard to throw that line out after three, four years of you saying peaceful protest not allowed. (laughs) Sorry, national anthem's happening. It's hard to be that guy. It's hard to be that gal talking about peaceful protest when you skewered and humiliated and uh, slandered a man who peacefully protested the exact same thing that people were and these weren't protesters to be fair but people were rioting over in, in in some of these cities you look you look nuts you look crazy so people weren't really excited to to do that so when i look back now and i see the landscape of the world i'm like how does nobody see the support that Kaepernick has at this point how does nobody see the opportunity there is no, not one of these teams can't see how easy this is, that this guy should be signed. If you signed him, you look like a hero. Like, forget about what's what's right. We know what's right. He should be in the NFL. Let, let, the NFL is not. It's shown they're not concerned about doing what's right. So I'm not even going to, I don't, that conversation is meaningless to me at this point in time. If the whole thing has been about dollars and cents and, and kind of weighing the room and seeing what people feel, how do you not see what's happening and don't think that Kaepernick wouldn't be an icon on whatever team he signed for? Like, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's.
1: I don't see the, yeah. like, I, there is no argument for not signing him right now. And, and that's, <laughs> and we had this discussion two, two and a half years ago, and uh, I think it's becoming more, more clear now than it was then. It was still very murky, but when Nike signed Kaepernick, we had this discussion of, yeah, I mean, is this a good business move? And at the time, my stance was, look, I don't know whether or not. Will they get? Will they catch flack for it? Absolutely. But I'm not going to be the one to tell Nike they don't know how to run their business. Or that I'm not going to be the one to tell Nike that uh, they didn't put in the calculations that signing Kaepernick was a smart business move, especially going forward. Um, I think they had the foresight to see that, look, maybe we'll get some initial heat now. But as time progresses, as history progresses, we're going to look better then you will <laughs> NFL and look, I think I think you're right that Kaepernick now would be an asset for teams uh, from a marketing standpoint, from a PR standpoint. Um, there again still would be some initial flack, but it would have to be the right team. It would have to be the right city and we've said this before, but um, but I think I think absolutely if I were. If I were an NFL team, i will certainly be interested. And look, there are some teams with some bad backups. I saw a list of the worst backups in the league, man. Um, it, it had nothing to do with Kaepernick as far as I know.
0: they are bums. Bums it, on NFL rosters right now.
1: The Vikings, I'm a Vikings fan. We certainly could use a backup quarterback. Uh, that's better than Sean Mannion. Um, I do not feel good. If Vikings, if Kirk Cousins were to get injured... Uh, the Vikings would have no chance of making the playoffs. Um and there are a lot of teams like that. Uh Seattle Seahawks are in bad shape at the back at the back of quarterback position. Um uh, you know, I can name other teams that don't have back of quarterbacks right now or don't or are weak at the position and um Kaepernick would obviously be better than those guys. Now uh and I think the distraction thing is, is gone at this point. Would it be a, would it be a story yes but a distraction there's difference between a player being a distraction and a player being a story and like a guy go, going out and getting arrested all the time is a distraction you know um like pacman jones was a distraction at times in his career but right um colin Kaepernick could be a story but at the end of the day like He's like this whole the whole season NFL just put out a memo of how teams are going to be running their their thing. They're going to be running their operation post COVID-19 uh, in terms of guidelines, following guidelines. That whole system is going to be a distraction to Teams Like it's going to John Harbaugh already came out and said this is going to be nearly impossible. I think he maybe is exaggerating a little bit um, from my interpretation reading it. Uh, I think it's doable, but I think it's going to be stringent. And that's going to be a distraction regardless. So having, having Colin Kaepernick in the locker room is that plus also you have to deal with, like someone like Drew Brees is going to be more of a distraction for the Saints than Colin Kaepernick would be for any other team from a locker room perspective. And that's really all you should care about. If you're talking about marketing and PR, well, you're going to win that battle anyway, as we've seen. You know, you, you wanna you wanna know who would have the number arguably the number one jersey sale in the league if if Kaepernick was signed, it'd be Kaepernick. He'd certainly be he'd certainly be top five. He'd certainly be top be top five. I can guarantee you that. We're talking about a backup quarterback. So yes, I think there are certainly uh benefits to adding Khan Kaepernick, I think. There are certain teams out there. Uh, and, again, I talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, the center of the George Floyd thing was in Minnesota. We need a backup quarterback badly. I would certainly be fine with a sign. I just fired the cops.
0: <laughs> yeah, you all know, the cops. You all
1: know, like, we don't want y'all here. So, I mean, what, what do we, you know, it would be a perfect place for Kaepernick to be a spokesperson. Um, but, yes, there are other cities that I think Kaepernick, uh, demographic-wise, would certainly be... They he would certainly be celebrated, um, and there would be very very little division. So, yeah, I mean that's where I think where that we are with the NFL. Now look, I, you
0: know, I'm ready to give. You mentioned the Seahawks. You mentioned Pete Carroll. Like, look, I thought his comments last week were absurd when he was like, "We owed tr- a tremendous amount to Kaepernick for taking a stand." I'm like, <laughs> no, you owe him an apology. You were supposed to work him out, and once he said that he, he could not guarantee he wouldn't protest during the national anthem, y'all were like, nah, we good. Yeah, suspect. And but in fairness to Pete Carroll, he did say today that he he regrets, um, he regrets not signing him in twenty seventeen. Yeah, he claimed the team is interested. So he says that also. I think one team is interested. I don't know yeah. if it's his team, but no,
1: because um, he would have said that. Well, not necessarily, but. I don't think he'd be talking about that if, if if it was his team.
0: Yeah, I'm sure our team is interested. Uh, I don't think that he's lying about that because it's it's you'd be stupid not to be to be honest. Like to me at this point, like forget about like possibly, like you'd be really dumb to not look at Kaepernick being. He'd easily be one of the most popular players in the league as soon as he puts on a uniform, and he costs you almost nothing, and he wouldn't play. And and you're yeah. like, no, no, we're not we're still not gonna like you look And if like, he
1: does play, he's probably better than the guy you got. Yeah, he's play. a way
0: better option than probably the guy you got on your team. So like there's really
1: very little back very, very little unless it's your own personal biases, there's really no real reason to not have him on your team. Unless you have a great backup. Like, look, the the Las Vegas Raiders, I don't think they should sign Colin Kaepernick because I don't think Kaepernick is necessarily better. Than Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr, but that's one team. I mean, Mariota might be, or the Saints probably shouldn't sign Colin Kaepernick because I don't know if Kaepernick's better than James Winston. But that's those are two teams. I can tell you teams that I, I think he would be better as than the starter. <laughs> New England. <laughs> well, so that's right. there are certainly situations where teams have weak backup quarterbacks where he would be light years a light years more uh, respectable option as a backup than right now, whoever the guy is uh, as the incumbent. So, yeah, I mean, from a from a football perspective, it makes sense. From a marketing perspective, it makes sense. Uh, and look, from a social perspective, you really get out in front of this conversation. So, I mean, I think that it's, it's really a win-win situation for the NFL team. And I think some team will take the plunge. Uh, and that'll be interesting. Um, we mentioned
0: uh, that this is, you know, touching all sports. Um, NASCAR took... Which I guess I didn't really realize how big a deal this was. I should have, because people were like, this is a huge deal. I'm like, yeah, I guess it is the more I think about it. But, and I, to be fair, I've never been to a NASCAR race, but NASCAR, is not that they are officially banning all show, signs or showings of confederate flag which if you go to a nascar event is very prevalent
1: yeah um, it's like going to to that it's like we, it's like going to college games doing seeing a washington state flag <laughs> you're, <right. laughs> you're like oh there it is i found yeah. it yeah yeah it's, it's that president. it's that
0: bad is that part of the culture and um and nascar you know this week decided nah we, ain't, we can't do this anymore so uh so they, they're banning it um we knew that i know i said you no know, Football, pro football NFL would be one of the major sports that would have kind of a reckoning after all this NASCAR was going to be kind of the big one to me the one that probably had the most hurdles to go over because um, I mean it's just the history of this sport is extremely white uh, extremely southern and at times has been extremely racist so this was going to be an uphill climb and this was their first step and first of all, at least I know I know this is a serious moment, but at least I will have uh, way less guilt when I buy
1: NASCAR Heat Four. And oh yeah, a I'll tell you the same thing. I like. I don't, I don't know if I could have got. I that was, that was one of the things that was holding me back from getting the game. Not necessarily the Confederate flag, but just the overall culture of NASCAR. Is sometimes is not the most positive. So like, and oh. you and you know me, Kendall.
0: I like NASCAR. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, I'm do- a fan of NASCAR. I'm not a huge fan, but I like NASCAR. I like races. I like the sport. Like I'm not one of the people who say it's not a sport. Like I like NASCAR, but man, like it's hard to get behind it as a black person. Like they make it, it really hard. You think wrestling is hard? <laughs> you know, <laughs> someone's they do doing wrestling. Man, NASCAR, it's tough. And at least they made it a little easier. Cause I, cause I, you know, I'm stuck in the house. I can't do nothing. So I'm trying to think. Okay, what's my next video game I'm buying? I was like, oh, NASCAR. I haven't played a NASCAR game since I was, like, 10. Maybe I'll buy this joint. But, like, I'll tell you what. After that George Floyd joint, I was kind of like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I could drop that 20 bucks, 30 bucks. But this was at least a step in the right direction. Um, they Some of these guys are losing it already. One dude quit. Eraser,
1: oh, hey, Ray or whatever his name <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, Ray, 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 Ray just quit. He Ray. just decided, Ray. I've had enough. I can't Ray deal Ray with Ciccarelli.
0: this. So I can't, I can't work without seeing um, signs of oppression wow. and trait, yeah. traitor, and, and being a traitor and racism. I can't work. I'm sorry, can't do it. I, I quit. I mean, that's and that shows you how crazy, uh, I, regressive this sport has been. Uh, they said, "Yo, I, you cannot I, show paraphernalia from the traitor faction of the country from two hundred decades, two hundred years ago." One guy was like, nope, can't do it. I'm done. <laughs> this is too much. This is, too much. this is too much for so me. It's so funny
1: because, like, uh, on ESPN First Take, they had Marty Smith and um, Ryan McGee on there. And McGee had an awesome uh, article uh, on ESPN.com. and He talked about it a little bit on First Take. And if, if you want to hear, like, the perspective of, like, obviously a, you know, NASCAR analyst Southern guy who uh, – kind of, he, he, he put it out, he put it out there and said, look, I have, I, I'm the descendants of slave owners, you know, my great, my great uncle and great grandfather fought for the Federal Army, and this thing is trash, that's basically his point, and, well, you know, so I would suggest you listen to his, the interview, or you listen to, or you read his article, uh, but it's funny, because both of them were on first take at different times, and both times, they were like, I've never even heard of this guy. like he's the equivalent of like a double a baseball player (laughs) you know i'm done playing yeah it's it's just it's hilarious because the guy has never won a he's never won a a race a truck race truck series race um so you know he has a lot in common with the confederate uh the confederate army but losers (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um but yeah no i mean it's to me like this was this has always been it's like i kind of feel the same way you feel where i was kind of like it, it, I kind of felt bad myself that I wasn't personally more like, the, the, like I wasn't more like frustrated over the years that that was a thing because I knew it was a thing. You I know, did too, like, you know, ESPN or Fox Sports or NBC, whoever would broadcast races would highlight it, but you knew the thing. But like, you kind of were just like whatever, you know, the guy, the, the guy stuck in his Confederate flag, like we get it, it races at NASCAR events. But like the way, the more and more you think about it, you're like, how do How's that even allowed? But then it kind of goes to even the country. Why is it even allowed in the country? Um, you kind of feel like they should probably be banned. They probably should be banned at a federal level. But I mean, that's not my that's not my uh, job. It's not my discussion necessarily. But from a sports perspective, um, it is kind of wild that you know. It is kind of wild to think that guys were bringing these people were bringing these flags in, and it was it was normal. It was part of the culture. And, I, you know, it is good to hear some of these people come out and say that, yeah, you know, like we, you know, the McGee's of the world and the Marty Smiths come out and say it was never cool. You know, we never looked at those people and said, yeah, man, those that's my guy. Like they were always looked at as hateful people that would bring it would be like, you know, bringing in a Nazi flag, you know, at some sort of German things like right. you may not overtly call the guy out. Maybe you will, maybe you don't. But you, you still look at the guy like he's a clown and a bigot. But regardless, um, it's a positive step in the right direction. Uh, I didn't expect them to make this decision this quickly. But they are going to seem like they're going to start having fans, that a uh, minimal amount of fans at races soon. So I think they feel like they have to get out in front of this now before – a reporter you know, some, some clown brings a Confederate flag to their next race and it's they're gonna still try it. You know, someone's gonna try it. It's gonna be interesting to see how they enforce it. But yeah, you know, positive step in the right direction for NASCAR. They already they already had they had the the controversy with uh one of their drivers, Kyle Larson, a couple you know, about a month or two ago, you know, saying the N word on a live stream of one of their eSport races or whatever. Um So, like, they haven't had the the best uh, race relations, and Bubba Wallace is a black driver, you know, black... uh, uh, Yeah, he's putting Black Lives Matter on his car this weekend. Shout out to him. Yeah, that kind of... That, I think, is kind of amazing why they had to do this. I mean, if one of your, your stars... Not exactly, you know, a superstar, but still somebody who obviously speaks for a segment of fans that probably aren't the loudest but still exist... Um. You can't you, you can't be the ones to ignore that.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, like like let's keep it 100. I know I, I did say it's an extremely white sport, but when I meant that yes, it is very white, but they have a lot of black fans. In yeah. the South. Like NASCAR is a way of life. They have a lot of black fans.
1: So yeah, I mean Brad Doherty was an NBA player who decided, yeah, I'm gonna right. run I'm gonna be an executive within NASCAR. And do NASCAR commentary, not basketball. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like yeah, That sport was arguably more important to him
0: than basketball was. Yeah, so like, that's kind of why it's, it's nuts how like long it's been like this. Which is why again, I think me and you both probably felt like it didn't hit me right when I first heard that they were getting rid of it. Because it just seemed like part of like the sport in a way that once it was done, I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's done. But it's 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 massive. Like it's so like it's 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 the racist aspects of the culture behind NASCAR is just it's it's so in, it's so ingrained that again like yeah, when I heard so this news I was kind yeah. of numb and like yeah, this is something that seems like it. such a such a like it seems like such a small step like it feels like the bare minimal it's like yo you can't show racist paraphernalia at our events know, like right? that's the most <laughs> but like yo in this sport it's transformative because of. The, there are plenty of awesome people who work at NASCAR, uh, awesome people who root for NASCAR, who are fans. Um, but they have a lot of fans that rep that stuff. They just do. I you know I can't give you a percentage how much, but they have a lot. <laughs> because, again, if you go to any NASCAR race, I've never been to one, but they're all over. I think Dale Earnhardt, shout out to him. I think he was the first person that kind of came out and said, yeah, fan, we can't do this anymore. Uh, little E, Dale Jr., obviously. Um, and he's been really kind of like, I, don't, I haven't heard from him this week, which is kind of weird. But maybe I just wasn't looking for him because like, everybody's been talking. But he's kind of been the first guy really speaking about a lot of like the stuff that NASCAR had to kind of cut out. He's not yeah, He's not afraid to speak on this stuff. And he got killed for it when he did it. This was years ago. This is the most popular racer he was before he retired. The most popular racer by far on the tour. And he was trying to say, yeah, we got to stop this. Like a lot of the racist stuff that NASCAR was kind of allowing, he was very vocal, I would say, you know, given what's what could be expected. And and he, he he got killed for it. So I think he deserves a shout out because he was the first person, I think, in terms of a major star in the sport that was like, we shouldn't be doing this. And it was a long time ago and they didn't do a damn thing, which tells you a lot. Like if LeBron James came out and said NBA can't do this. NBA going to listen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just yeah. like we saw with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes said, yo, Black Lives Matter. And NFL's NFL like, oh, okay, yo, we apologize for some stuff we've done in the past. It was vague and stuff, but they had to do something. So, think about that. But, like, on NASCAR's level, and they just said, "Do you hear something? No? All right, let's keep on moving. That's how NASCAR's approach was today when he was talking that stuff. So, he deserves a shout-out because he's been um, talking about a lot of stuff that NASCAR had to fixed for a long time I, I I did think he deserved a mention Um, man we got to talk about James Dolan Kendall James Dolan uh, Knicks owner apparently things even when they're, they're, the season was the season ended literally it seemed like and then days later the Knicks were back in the news because you know the Knicks were not one of the 22 teams that were going to be invited to Orlando and I'm like alright well at least I got to worry about Knicks no more it's like nope here's James Dolan uh, as uh, Pablo Torre was putting out tweets saying that, man, dozens of MSG employees are meeting and talking about what they're going to do, about the fact that Dolan won't put out a statement, and he made this ridiculous uh, in, in-house in memo about basically, you know, man, this memo was ridiculous, and it shows you how bad things are with the Knicks that this joint just got leaked out. But um, basically saying, hey, this is a rough time for our country, but remember, man, Madison Square Garden we care about respect and peace, but we don't really get into all this stuff that's for other people to get into, which I don't even know what to say to that like I don't even know like it's it's his lack of awareness and lack of just common sense with some of these things is really starting to become it's really starting to come alarming to me like I know it maybe it should have been alarming fifteen years ago it's always been alarming, but like we know what Madison Square Garden looks like on the executive level, Kendall. It's a lot of black people. Yeah. Um. Not just in the basketball department. It's kind of everywhere. You work If you go to Madison Square Garden, a lot of black people work there. Um, yeah. Dolan, that's one of the things I think that is, it's one of the only reasons, honestly, I think he probably is still the owner. I'm going to be honest. I feel like if, 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 we, if the city really wanted to push him out, I think that we could get him out of there. But I think uh, there is a segment of fans, and the Knicks have a lot of black fans that look at this and said, while this guy has run my team into the ground." We cannot. There's no denying his uh, the opportunity he's offered black people in high positions in the, in the organization. Like it's the one thing you literally can't do. Like I saw somebody tweeted that, "Oh, um, when they heard that the Knicks was looking at Thibodeau." So like, I forgot who it was, and I respect them a lot, uh, but they were like, oh, you know, oh yeah, wait for the Knicks to go
1: find a retreat guy going after Tibbs. Why not, why not yeah, give it a— right? Who was it? Was it M-Grads? Maybe. Maybe it was. No, he came um, out the one saying, like, oh, you know, this is the perfect time for you guys to make a change, and you go with this guy. You go with Tibbett Yeah, and it's like,
0: why don't do you, you go you with mean, a young black coach? And I'm like, that's literally all they've been hiring recently.
1: Yeah, and you look good. I'm, it's not the reason why they suck. It's just they, they hired. They, I mean, obviously, it just had a, a black trio in the front office with Fisdale, uh Perry, and Mills. But then you had before, obviously, you had Hornacek before they had Derek Fisher. You had Mike Woodson. Three of the last four coaches were black. Two yeah. of them
0: were very young. There's it's not. Cool. There's no. There's no case to be made about racist hiring within the Knicks, which is. Which is why I thought that statement was ridiculous, and why I, again I think Dolan is still here because because we saw what got Do, what how they get Sterling out of there eventually racism they, like it was the one yeah. thing in this league they could not tolerate and they found that as the way to get him out of there and they get yeah I don't think with with Dr- Dolan there isn't much else going for him besides this so I think that he could have been out of there but because of this I think a lot of the league and a lot of black fans and i think a lot of you know black people within the league probably like well he is hiring black and so therefore the the kind of like overwhelming voice of people demanding that he sell the team i don't think he's ever gotten to the fever pitch it probably should have or should but it might now because he's now saying that you know we don't offer our opinion on social matters essentially um the, that quote was as companies in business of sports and entertainment, however, we are not any more qualified uh, than anyone else to offer our opinion on sports, on social matters. What's important is how we operate. But how you operate is also how you handle <laughs> these incidents. Like, I, like, That's why this is so befuddling to me. Because I'm like, he doesn't seem to understand that running a business is also, like this is also part of running your business. Yes. Like he like he thinks that this is separate. And it's like, no, people are either feeling one way or another about businesses by what they do with this. Every single corporation, Kendall, is talking about how are we gonna handle this. I work yeah. at one. <laughs> I work at one, and had a conversation with them. Like they're all thinking about it. Every single one. So his notion would be like and this cor- isn't really our business. I'm like, what do you mean
1: it's not your business? It literally pro- is your business. There are corporations that literally don't have to say anything. They're saying stuff. That that if they didn't say anything, we wouldn't think twice. But like Sesame Street <laughs> it's coming out and saying coming out with a statement. And the Knicks couldn't come out with a statement. Madison Square Garden couldn't come out with a statement. Um to me it's a slap in the face to employees. To the
0: point that it got to all these employees and apparently the players are now upset. Yeah. Uh, Winhorse yesterday is like I don't know who's going to the Knicks in the near future after this. Because they everybody's looking at the Knicks like you look ridiculous, and then the statement they put out might have been the most pathetic statement I've ever seen. I'm, and, I'm, and I know that's hyperbole; it sounds like it sounds I can't like think a of a. I think league. I can't think of a worse one. It sounds like a third the, the Knicks league. after two weeks of having no statement on racism, on the death of George Floyd, um, on the unrest in the city. I mean, like, like even if you want to get away from George Floyd and racism. There's been protests every day in New York City. (laughs) Every single day, tens of thousands of people are out protesting, marching the streets of your your city. The city that you you live in, the city that you operate in. You call yourself the New York team. And, you know, rightfully so, in my opinion. And you're like, "Uh, we got nothing to say on this. We got absolutely nothing. And he puts out a statement. And I'll tell you, man, this statement... The Knicks, along with the Rangers, by the way, because they didn't also said nothing all this whole time. Yeah,
1: said, no, uh, and property. So
0: he couldn't even separate the statements. It was the same statement amongst the both teams. I'm like, wow. Uh, he says, one of us has a role to play in creating a more just and equal society where there is no racism, bigotry, violence or hate. We stand with all who act for positive change. That was it.
1: Yeah, this is the, it's the equivalent of the all lives matter or the there's there's good people on both sides. That, that's the that's the tone, and look, I mean James Dolan, we gotta be transparent about his history. You know, obviously he's he donated money to the Trump campaign, so he he falls on a certain line of I don't know if it's. Political or if it's uh, personal, you know him and Donald Trump probably have a relationship going back to obviously Trump being a, a New Yorker. But um, regardless, uh, he he's not gonna, in his mind, I don't really think it's blasting Trump. It shouldn't be, but <laughs> that's the way that's the way it is because Trump puts a certain you know message out there. But regardless, um, he may not feel he wants to blast Trump. But then the other side of this is, you know, he runs an establishment Madison Square Garden that is. Largely protected by the NYPD You know And he may feel like, I don't want to You know back talk to NYPD I, Those are those are the only Those are the only two explanations Outside of just obvious stupidity And you can argue obvious stupidity Regardless of whether or not those are his excuses But um, Those are the only two explanations I can give For why the Knicks You know are Enjoying James Dolan are so stuck on not saying anything because- How does James Dolan think
0: that in this city, New York City, that, again, where thousands of people are protesting, have been protesting every day since the Thursday during that week when Floyd was killed. Ever since that Thursday, it's been protests every single day. It's been thousands of people. How did he think this was going to play out? Just in the city. Forget about the world and, and basketball. New York City, every other sports team. You no, know, the Giants were pretty late, too. Let's get, let's call it what it is they were also late and their statement wasn't the greatest but they said something like how did he think this was gonna play out he thought nobody would notice like that's the thing that's that's why this is this feels so insidious because I don't think James Dolan is a dumb man he knows how this is gonna play out and he does it anyway he has to know that his his people are furious with him and he he does it anyway like That's where I I come, okay, well, what is your problem? Like, you knew how this was all going to play out, and you knew it was going to do nothing but harm for your company, and yet, this is what you decided to do. You made this decision. This was a
1: mistake. I'm sure he had people directly under him that have a direct line to James Dolan that told him one, that told him, you should put out a statement about this. Other teams are, and he explained to them why he's not going to, and why they shouldn't. Um, I'm sure the PR people, whatever PR director or whoever, went to him. And look, the Knicks PR department—I don't know if it's their fault or if it's James Dolan's fault—but they've had a rough. They've had a rough time. They've, they've had a rough lifetime. Yeah, the, the Knicks PR, PR department. The Knicks PR, PR department is like—they're
0: batting like 170. Yeah, in this in this season, they're batting about 170. They've struck out 200 times. It's been a long. It's been a long year. Well, it was a basketball now. They, they're averaging about four points a game, shooting twenty-eight percent from the field yeah. this season.
1: It's been a, it's been a long year for the Knicks' PR department. I mean, it's every time any the Knicks say anything, it goes bad. Or maybe that's why they didn't say anything. they were like, if we say something, people are gonna blast us. And this is the one time. Yeah, you probably should have said something. It didn't have to be great, but you should have said something in a timely manner. You just sat around, and now it got to the point where uh, employees and players had to vocalize. Through back channels, their frustration to the point where and it wasn't even back channel. They went to one of the top faces on ESPN. Well, yeah, yeah. It was like,
0: yo, here's the statement this dude gave us. Here's here's why we haven't said nothing. Cause everybody's saying why aren't Nick saying anything? Here you go, Pablo Torre. I know you host a a national show every 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 day, and you have a national platform. They didn't even go to a back channel. They didn't go to incarcerated Bob. You know, they didn't go like they went to. Mr. ESPN and said this is this is what's happening. We're all outraged.
1: And so it's it'll be the, look, the free agency thing I think is real. I think look, Leon Rose has has worldwide west and those guys have massive connections. So do I think the Knicks will still get players that they're connected to? Yes. Um, I don't think this would deter someone like Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker. Guys who have relationships, Carl Heinz Towns, who have relationships with CAA, to say I'm not the other things would deter them to say I want to come to the Knicks if the situation makes sense. But will it deter guys who don't have a relationship with Leon Rose, or it certainly doesn't help Leon Rose. Um, it makes you wonder how he feels about the situation. James Owen is still is still his boss at the end of the day. Um, he's not going to quit over this. <laughs> but i mean it, it's this is now the second time if you're leon rose it's now the second time your your job has been honestly not the second time, the third time your job has been hurt by what this guy by what dolan has done really it's, it's and what dolan is doing
0: outside of basketball
1: yeah, all like it's times, not
0: e- it's not even stuff that he's hap- that's happening within the team. It's not like oh he's got to beef with my coach or he's got a beef with this player, or it's like he's beefing with a fan. He's beefing with his own employees who don't work in the basketball department. Like We've put a guy like Steve Stout on television. Like he's doing like yeah, a guy who doesn't know anything about basketball to talk about to go on a basketball show basically. That's what first take basically is. Like, at what point? I don't know. I, I don't know. What this, I don't know. Like, it, some of this stuff looks so ridiculous. You like that's why I can't. I, I can't help but feel like no. Some of this stuff he's doing on purpose, and that's really frustrating because it's like, because
1: really? then it's like
0: it, it really gives you that hopeless feel. Because it's like, don't just play like anything. you know how you know how like anybody again anybody with a brain could have been like you know how powerful it would have been to get all these Nick players. Um, especially someone like Todd Gibson who's already been in the community talking about these issues the whole season the Knicks, the Knicks social media don't want to put out much because there's not much to put out and I, fo- I follow the Knicks so I'm a Knicks fan they put a lot of Todd Gibson up in the in the Fort Greene projects talking to the kids, making a, a new court, He's he's been in the community since he got to New York and shout out to Todd they've been posting that stuff all year you know how simple it would have been to have been like yo Put out, let's put up something together. Let's get Taj Gibson. Let's get a couple of the young guys. Let's have them say something about racism. Say Black Lives Matter. Boop bop. We good. You know how good that would have been. It's simple. It don't take it like it takes no intelligence. And I know there's intelligent people in that organization, which is why they felt like they had no choice but to go to Pablo. Like like they felt like they had no choice. They were like, we're seeing this organization be tanked from a PR standpoint for no reason. And the only way we can even put shed a light on how we
1: feel about it is just give you what this guy told us. Dolan's playing a dangerous game, man. And like I know it's his team, it's his money, he can do whatever he wants. But he's playing the game that Donald Sterling played—become as like as become as unlikable as possible around basketball circles, around sports circles, around entertainment circles. To the point where you make yourself so many enemies that people are gonna be trying to take you. One, people are gonna be trying to take you down, and two, if you slip up in even the slightest way, or in a big way like Donald Sterling, if you slip up, they'll be looking for reasons to get rid of you. Look, I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah. James Dolan's better. He better be careful.
0: Look, I'm a Knicks fan. Do or die. But I'm never gonna root for them against them unless something really bad came out. But I feel like I almost, I'm almost getting to the point now where I feel like, first of all, this guy, he ain't going to be the owner for that long. I'm gonna be honest, he, This ain't going to last very long. Not much longer, rather. Because something's got to give. This is getting too outrageous to where, like, through his own incompetence or through the league or, or through, through the city saying, we've had enough, we're not going to take this anymore. He's going to give up the team. But I almost feel like at a certain point, like, maybe it's best for the Knicks just to remain terrible until he gives up the team. Because any like glimpse of hope will only keep him around longer. Yeah. And I mean I've 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 always felt that he's never really had I, I've always felt that for whatever reason he hasn't had the right temperament or heart to really be a basketball owner and that it made sense for him to just get out. Like he doesn't seem very happy doing it, so why does he do it besides just money? But I mean, at a certain point, like I, I, just, I just feel like if if they if they get decent, they get another good player in this draft, and they start to look like they there's some light at the end of the tunnel, and then you know there's a little more excitement back in the garden because look, the Nick fans are the Nick fans are the best. They are the best fans in the world. They'll support and the players no matter what. This team could just <laughs> snip, try to fight for an eighth spot, and this that garden will be rocking, and it's going to be a whole different vibe, and uh, and. That alone, cause he could see those dollar signs and say, "Oh, I guess I'm back here now for another five years until we bottom out again." Like at a certain point, like yo, they just need to really be terrible for a long time until he realizes there's just no, there's no path forward for him as a as a owner anymore, and he just needs to get rid of the team. Cause I, I otherwise I don't know. Like I just feel like this, I don't know why it just feels like this last like year or two years just feels like it's been on one with him, like. Dolan has always been Dolan, but I don't know why the last year or two years just feels different. It just feels like just just un- unable to completely get out of your own way under any circumstances. Like, anytime he does anything, like, not that when he shows up, because he doesn't show up very often. He does anything, or when this time doesn't do anything. It's like a colossal eff up. And I'm just like, there were, there were times where it wasn't this bad with him it wasn't every time you show up, all hell breaks loose. Like that's pretty much what's happening. He shows up, he kicks Spike out. He shows up, he kicks Oak out. Like it's gotten to a point where it's like, yo, it's out of control. And look, man, he—I I do agree—he's messing. I do agree with you that he's messing with fire because Adam Silver—he don't mess around. He will throw that man out of the league if he—he he knows he, he would have been done it if he could have had a way to, yeah saw so he did to sterling he he like he he, he keep messing around
1: like you know, they're gonna find they're
0: gonna find a they, uh, you know, whatever that girl's name was um they gonna find you know a sister or someone <laughs> they're gonna find someone to get him like they're gonna be like yo you got a, you got a sister or a cousin
1: we got another problem in the NBA and the, the, I mean look they could may they may find a way to spin his relationship with Donald Donald Trump into a dangerous to a dangerous thing I don't know we'll see but I'm telling you, the NBA is looking for reasons to get rid of to get rid of Dolan, force him to sell the team. We'll see. Um But I I you know, if I'm a Knicks fan, I agree. I don't I wouldn't be too concerned over the in terms of the long term future because I don't think he's gonna be there
0: though. Yeah, I I mean I'm glad we we're on the same page on that. Um because I, I don't this this cannot last. This this has been like again, these last two years I just feel like it's been like, yo, he's Completely again, the way he's 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 been on one like it's like yo every time you show up, it's like a catastrophe. <laughs> like every time you make any action, it's a catastrophe. Like, it, like it's it's crazy. Um, but speaking of guys on the fire, man, we gotta talk about Dabo Sweeney. Uh, the current, uh, current former, current and former Clemson players have had to come to defense head coach Dabo Sweeney, who's had a really tough time dealing with this fallout of the Floyd death and the black lives matter protests, uh, foreign players have claimed that Sweeney never disciplined a coach who used the N word during a practice. One player, uh, uh, even accused him of using the word himself while complaining about the music being played in the locker room. Now Sweeney definitively denies that. And he says one of the players that were involved in this situation also denies that. So just being fair, um, and then he also got criticism for advising players uh, during the whole kind of arrest that was happening in 2016, 2017 to not take part in any campus demonstrations because uh, they would, quote, cause a distraction for the team. Um, he also was recently photographed wearing a Football Matter shirt, which was deemed insensitive by a lot of people given that the phrase Black Lives Matter is being echoed all around the world. Uh, it's been a bad week for Mr. Sweeney. He, he His first comment about this whole thing was, very vague, very tepid. Um, this was, you know, after the death of George Floyd, and then once all these allegations came out, he had this 15 minute video that was. Did you watch that video?
1: I didn't have time to watch that. It was who I didn't watch the whole video. I, yeah, I, I wasn't watching. I, wasn't when I heard it was, it was, it was, was kind of
0: toothless. Yeah, I I I, 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 I was not watching that for for 15 minutes, but I did watch the, I guess, the major parts, and. He just sounded like a dude that like explaining why his dog ate his homework. It was it was it was a rather it was really telling for a man who 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 presents himself with such confidence, such humbleness. Um also cuz I I think that a lot of people feel like his act is is an act, but like he he also he speaks in a very kind of humble way. Uh right. And just kind of just to put himself out there to see him kind of explain away every little one of these incidents and why it was not what you think it is. And actually, this is what happened. But maybe I should have done better. And things are better now. Like, it was, it was like my dog ate my homework. And to see a guy who's, like, on top of the college football world talking about why my dog ate my homework, he did not look good. Um, and his players, I think, realized that. Um, I know they were organizing some kind of a march or something on the campus. But uh, they had to ask her a lot of questions about Dabo through their announcement. And, that I mean, they knew it. So that's why I think that they knew that he was in trouble. Because um, you don't do that thing and think that the media is not going to ask us about a coach who is just being barbecued <laughs> for a week at all. Even though we make this announcement about protesting the very thing he told us not to protest three years ago. So his players came out and they tried to defend him. Um, uh, they're saying that, you know, Dabo is misunderstood given his background. If you don't know about Dabble's background, this is a guy who grew up extremely poor in the state of Alabama. Uh, somehow, despite not really being the greatest athlete, found his way onto playing on. at a walk-on on the University of Alabama. Who that is That guy being a walk-on Alabama somehow became the head coach of Clemson football and resurrected the program to be the, the preeminent program arguably in college football today. So given all that, they're saying that, he, you know, given his background, I think a lot of people misunderstand, they think people misunderstand kind of where he comes from uh, in, in how he approaches it. Right. And they, they admit that he hasn't handled things perfectly, but they say his heart's in the right place. I'm giving you a quote from the s- senior running back, Darren Wrencher, who says, I think we're all in a position to be educated and learn how to handle situations. That's everybody. We're in new territory here and figuring the best way forward. Uh, Now, it's important to remember that Sweeney, was was, uh, he's been very kind of like hemming and hawing and kind of like being very careful with his words today. But when, again, Kaepernick was kneeling in 2016, players were kneeling in 2016, uh, he wasn't tiptoeing around how he felt about that. He was very adamant about how this is not the way to do it. We need to stand for the national anthem and honor the flag and honor the people who died for our country. That was the same Drew Brees line. That's probably why he's been hemming and hawing all this whole time. He saw Drew Brees got skewered and he was like, Damn, that was my line. What am I gonna yeah. say now? So now he's kinda of been, you know, doing a jibby jam, blah blah blah, blah uh, I gotta go. <laughs> That's been basically how he's been talking since this happened. Yeah. And and he knows that line is not working anymore and people are he's looking funny in the light. You know, again, another guy. He's pals with Trump. The way he the way he acts, he acts like he's pals with Trump. Um To be fair,
1: he's pals yeah, like, with
0: everybody. But what do you say? Like you're with Trump, it's it's an issue, <laughs> right? And and that's and that's look, man. It is what it is at this point. Like it, it, it is what it is. Like I'm not saying yeah, that, we're not gonna get into it, but we, you yeah, know what, you know like, what I'm talking about. So you you pound around with Trump the way he Dabo has liked to pal around him because he's won two championships during his administration, mm-hmm. and the way he's kind of you know big them up whenever they've been together. It's look, it looked funny back then, but whatever he's a white college coach in the south so whatever but now you got this kind of smoke coming at you and this is how you react and then all this stuff coming out about you saying the n-word coaches saying the n-word um you telling people don't protest he's had a rough week but the trump stuff
1: i will i will say was different than ed orgeron and nick Saban. i think we i think anybody that in what in what way would you say it was different like when Nick Saban's teams or Ed Orgeron's teams were at the White House, the 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 the, the, the amount of again maybe they just conduct themselves differently. Maybe Sweeney's just an overly positive guy, but just it was it business. Was, it was way it was more business. It was yeah, like, it was look, more business. I agree. I, we're not friends, but he's the president.
0: You're celebrating us, so we're cool. Take this picture, All right? And we're gonna head out. I agree,
1: <laughs> but it was different. I, again, I don't know why yeah, I can't tell I, agree. You. I agree. I can't tell you, but it was different. Because that's the thing. One- is
0: that, like, we, people keep saying that, oh, Sweeney's a MAGA supporter. And I don't know that. I don't know. Nobody really knows that. It's only by how he embraced the president the two times he hung out with him. And it was a bear hug <laughs> in terms right. of an embrace.
1: They're, and yeah, and we've more seen other
0: coaches it. go up there. And I, I thought Ed was very friendly with President Trump just a couple months ago. Uh, right, a
1: really guy, very, but, very friendly with everybody.
0: Right, but, but but it wasn't like Dabo. It Dabo seemed to take a a joy in hanging out with Trump that just again felt different than the other coaches. Now you could say, okay, Nick Saban is a different, way different personality. And you could all, uh, yeah, Nick probably Nick probably reacts that way to his mother. I, right. I think he's still alive. Um, uh, you know, like like you know like he's just that's how right. he is. He's not really cool with anyone. But like, but again, like again. Ed Coach O is as big a personality as anybody, and he even he wasn't like that. So that and in the football matters shirt. I mean, Kendall, I'm just gonna say it, man. I I have a lot of questions about any black parent that's sending um in their kid to Clemson at this point. I, I really do. Uh, uh, and maybe that's maybe that's pre- maybe that's harsh, but I think. A lot to answer for and a lot to explain for i think at this point and his no. what i heard in that the, the the two three minutes of the 15 minute thing i saw i don't know what any black parent looked at that and thought that that was convincing and you feel better about dabble after that I'm Do not you not think that it works.
1: Helps recruiting? absolutely not. There's no way you could say it helps him. but um i you i mean i'm not as quick to say someone's never going to be able to get another player again or to say that someone should never get another player again. Um, even when it came to the Rick Pitino thing, we had the conversation and I was like, he's still going to get players and he's still going to get a job and he'll be fine. And, I mean, look what Iona did in their most recent recruiting class since he's been signed or since, since, he, since he's he been hired they got, they got like seven to eight guys to commit in like a month, <laughs> and look whether or not you would send your kid to Iona is a question. Probably not the way you've talked. Would I would I send my kid to Iona? Maybe not. Maybe I'd find better. Maybe I find better options. But in theory, if you're talking about a kid that's quote unquote supposed to go to Iona, what if you're a mid major level recruit? There's no coach that's ever going to have the the track record of Rick as a Hall of Fame coach. There's no other Hall of Fame coach you're gonna be able to play for, so you may have to take the good with the bad. I think the same will apply to Dabo Sweeney. Do I think Clemson will continue mm-hmm. to be the the standard bearer in college football recruiting? Probably not. Do I think like Clemson's... Really? really- you
0: think you think that you think that things have changed this week? Because that that would mean things have changed because they are they are the standard bearer of college recruiting right now.
1: Right. And it's it's hard it's, it's hard to tell right now. We're not gonna be able to tell for months. But like Clemson's recruiting class for this upcoming season, twenty twenty, that's coming in now, the group of incoming freshmen is incredible. The amount of guys they yeah, have it's coming crazy. in yeah, it's crazy. 10, 20 guys is incredible. I don't see the, I don't see if I don't see a path where they're replicating that in the near future. Over some of these other programs, like in Alabama or in Ohio State, or but even if they, but even if they do what they've done for the
0: last three or four Georgia. years, if they're if that's there's a step down from what they've done in three or four years, and that then something has changed. Yes, because they and they just came off a national championship appearance. They were the best. Yeah, they're the best team in the country. They've been in the national championship game. What three? Yeah, th- two years in a row, three years in a row, whatever it's been. Like, like yeah. it's. Um, yeah three out of the last four years like it's they are the preeminent organization <laughs> right now so if they're not I mean, if it, you're it, saying it, they're it, not going to recruit at that level then something has changed
1: yeah yeah I mean, yeah i wouldn't deny that but it's to me i i just i can't see how do i think they'll still be the do i still think they'll have the number one recruiting class in acc almost every year probably because again i think similar to rick patino well, yes, they won't get eight five stars like they do every year, or five five stars like they do every year. But if a kid is picking between Duke football, Ole Miss football, you know, Texas Tech, and Clemson, I'm going to Clemson. Now, I, mean, I, understand, I understand that. But I think that's why. Individual coaches and say, look, maybe I'd rather play for Mac Brown than Dabble Sweeney. But at the end of the day, the program, like, and maybe again, okay, maybe it's not me, but I can certainly envision kids saying, "I'd rather go to Clemson." Yeah, Clemson's a yeah, way better program than be I kind of, or may or may not like Trump. Like, honestly, if this is opening your eyes, then you have been paying attention. I agree look, with that, paying attention. But like, if if like, <laughs> honestly, if you're going to Clemson anyway, you're kind of like, all right, you're kind of playing with fire if you're sending your kid to Clemson. You don't know if the guy you don't know how the guy feels. Um I'd feel better about, you know, a Big Ten program than I would about an SEC program personally. But regardless, I I mean personally I don't think that that's ever the at the focal point of the recruitment. Maybe it should be. People tend to say it is, whether it be, you know, the relationship with the that, coach That's or why this whole thing coach. that's why that's why that's not- League, can we can we compete for national championships? Do you have a track record? Right. That was Unfortunately, is still going to check all those boxes regardless of whether red flags he raises. Look at Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has had plenty of red flags for years. Never yeah. once has that ever, and now it's not this level, but never once has that ever affected his recruiting. Um, I'm sure there are other examples of guys like that. Bobby Petrino, you know, still recruited at a high but level. I think the difference. I think the difference, I saw someone post this.
0: Sorry, can I? I just think the the difference, and I saw someone else say this, with Dabo than maybe some of these other coaches. Urban, maybe a little bit is similar, especially early on. I'd say Florida Urban. I'd say, yeah, I, I could see the similarities. But a lot of those other coaches didn't present themselves as this moral figure the way Dabo presents himself. Because like, the thing I ask is, what about Dabo has, like, what about his recruiting has been so strong? What's been his pitch, you know, above board, what's been his pitch that's gotten all these kids? And right, 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 right. What he says is, I relate to these players through my faith. That's what's gotten these kids here. I mean, am I wrong? That's what he said a lot. And that's why yeah, I'm dealing and with deal and this Players program is,
1: say, like, this is not your, for example, the alternative if you're a top five guy is probably Ohio State. I mean, not Ohio State, probably Alabama. And Nick Saban has a drill sergeant vibe, has a I'm not your friend vibe, where Dabble has a vibe, more dabbles the more fun-loving, friendly vibe. So right. more guys are going to go go to that than Alabama. Right. If so if your goal is necessarily to get to the
0: NFL. So when that's your vibe and you're the guy not being able to relate to young black athletes, that's a problem, and I yeah. think that it's gonna be. I I think that again, I agree. I mean, look, Clemson's not gonna be racking it. He's not gonna be bringing in the thirty eighth best recruiting class next tomorrow. That, that's not happening. They're Clemson. Sure. But do I see? Could I see a change? Could I see them losing some some big recruiting battles that maybe they won because kids and families looked at Dabo and said, "Look how he relates to my kid in the way that these other drill sergeant coaches can't." yeah I think he I think he will because I think that the, I think that as we've seen, the whole energy in the country has changed like you yeah. could always, like you said like you know the, the questions around these recruits are often you know, how am I going to the NFL? am I going to play on national TV? my parents get to see me? am I going to win national championship? Yeah, like, championship? those are the top questions, and they should be. uh I know they're not doing in-house visits right now, and I know recruiting is kind of weird, but i I don't know how Dabo was handling. Those questions he's going to get very soon, or his staff, for that matter, if they're representing him. Those questions about how are you going to teach my son or protect my son from racism? How are you going to present uh, as a, the CEO of this really school? I'm not not just a coach. Like uh, your stance against racism, against you know police brutality. How are you to communicate to your players about what it means to be a young black man in this country. Those questions are going to come to him now if they weren't before. You could argue maybe they weren't coming to him as much before. They are now. And I think a lot of the problem was, I think a lot of people, probably because of the way he relates to these players, and because he's so, you know, he talks a lot about, again, his his faith, which is great for him. But because of that, I think a lot of people maybe skewed that to think that he's always going to look out for my kid because of how loving he is and how much of a, of a God-fearing man he is. But now people are looking at him and some of the stuff he's saying and how he's acting and been like, oh, maybe we can't just take that for granted. We can't just take that you're you relate more to my kid just through being way more fun and way more of a friend. And the fact that you fear God so much and just assume that, oh, well, you're going to be able to handle the complexities that come with uh, uh, actively handling uh, young black men, especially when you have these incidents where. Again, he that's saying, "Yo, man, what happened at this program is flagrant. Those three instances that I, I named are flagrant. Those are massive scandals. If we weren't in a pandemic right now, that th- if those three things happened, that a coach said the N word, you didn't fire him, didn't do anything, he's still on the staff. You said the N word, didn't apologize, didn't say anything, wasn't addressed. You told players not to protest me. That's not a huge scandal, but that's a story. And." Because we're just all in this kind of malaise of news between pandemic and protests and everything. Like, I don't think that there's enough to really cover all of that. But if this was any other time, he'd be in, in, in a world of hurt right now. For just one, let alone three. So, any family that has any kind of knowledge about Dabo, now they're going to know. And I, if what the performance he put on that video, the My Dog Ate My Homework video, as to... You know how he's gonna explain away those instances. It's gonna he's gonna have some problems. He's gonna have some problems. I I hope he can figure it out. I hope maybe this is opening his eyes. But that's the one thing I will say. And you know I had a I had a, a long kind of shout out to the homies from the uh, Throne Tales podcast. I had a long kind of like back and forth with them about Drew Brees and you know like you know what do they feel about you know it was the conversation about what do we feel about Drew is uh you know. Uh, retort to President Trump after Trump said, yo, Drew Brees is right. Stand for the flag. Um, and some people are like, oh, this is disingenuous. Like my friends are like, oh, this is disingenuous. I don't know. This does nothing for me. And at the end of the day, the reason why I disagreed with them to some degree was because even if it is disingenuous, we do have to give some room for growth. Because unlike what what maybe a lot of people feel and how they act, this all of this conversation shouldn't be about well, some of it is, but not all. All of it shouldn't be about okay. Who are we just getting rid of in our society and saying they're tarnished and done, and we should never care about them? Or no,
1: all,
0: we're all trying to get to at least we hope a place of a better understanding, a place of equality, a place of enlightenment. Exactly. So I would hope that Dabble Sweeney has learned a ton from this week. If he didn't, man, I don't know what's gonna what has to happen to him because this was not again not a good week for a man that was living on Cloud Nine as the guy in college football. Which you know me I've never gotten. But You've never um, gotten why he's the guy?
1: Well yeah, I, I mean I've always I've never been a big fan of Dabble Sweeney in terms of um you know in terms of being someone that likely understands the way college football uh works. You know, the the image he portrays uh while I mean fine. Again I don't think it's a I don't think it's an act. Is, me, and you, me and you have argued about Dabo well, in terms of that regard. It, yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised run. that he's the number one guy, but we've, right. we've had that discussion. But it, it, it runs uh, runs counter to the way his program is likely ran. Mm-hmm. But that. But and I said that in the past, and mm-hmm. um, I, I, people now are starting to see that. Oh, maybe this is a little hypocritical. But
0: um, and people are starting to see. Okay, we can't be the only ones who saw this Dabo before this week. So why right. really were guys going there?
1: <laughs> and, yeah,
0: well, like, maybe that's
1: where we got to leave it, but right. that, that also is being asked. What I will say is about also the guys going there is that, look, Dabo is the head coach, but he's, I mean, he's like a lot of these guys now are becoming, he's not really super hands-on in terms of the, uh, he's a, I mean, he's big in recruiting, but not necessarily hands-on in terms of, you know, dealing with certain players. So, you have someone like Tony Elliott, who's their, their office coordinator, he's black. You know, do I think him, he's been, a, he's been one of their top recruiters. Do I think him, do I think wide receivers and running backs are going to stop going to Clemson because of the Dabble-Sweeney thing? If Tony Elliott is still the point man on recruiting those guys, I think they should still be able to get those guys. If if Tony Elliott has a good pitch as to why you should trust him. You know? Um, Brent Venables, I mean you would think he still has such a such a strong track record as a defensive coordinator that like to me i just think dabble's gonna have to distance himself from recruiting a little bit which is a it doesn't help you know oh because his benefit is that he's so likable which is why he's getting recruits and because he's not your typical x's and o's guru right it's like what else is he bringing to the table being focusing on building a program and, and his other
0: strength was that he was a great face of the program outside of recruiting as a CEO, and that ain't looking good right now. So it's really like, right. what are you bringing to the table? All right. Uh, I know one thing, man. If yo if, you know, if a, a coach used the N word to my son, I don't care what context, you're gonna have to call the cops on me. Well, I mean, before so I so step before I step foot in that in that, so in that I, practice
1: facility, because I'm gonna be there. wasn't that the rumor that happened with Zach Smith at Ohio State that he had used the N word on a wide receiver? And the kid left and went to Florida. That was, oh. like, that never was corroborated, but that was... I, think, I right guarantee, you man. I, I
0: guarantee you. That's... See, well, the Iowa strength coach is getting, like... They try and get him out of there. Because... Yeah, Florida players like, yo, man, he's abusive. Yeah, they got him out of there, right? Like...
1: Yeah. They say he, they, he made black players feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I think... So I, I think they are getting... Do. Yeah, we're getting mm-hmm. to... This George Floyd thing is... is It's is t- shining a light on a lot of cockroaches. Um... And now and you it's know what's coming.
1: funny Yeah. And I don't know this may be a conversation that we may be better off here. But <laughs> But let's have it on air. Let's see. Go for I'm it. You're right right here. But you know what's funny? We talk about like, you know, the coaches and the, you know, Dabble Sweetie stance on kneeling and all this other stuff and standing for the national anthem and whether or not players, you know, you should stand for that whether or not player even want to be there. Um, think about uh, in college basketball, a program this this season that's seen a mass exodus is Wichita State. Yes, and and I think you know where I'm going to go with this. I know you know. They 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 lost. I want to say eight players to transfer. It may have been. Yeah, they may. Have, I may be exaggerating. It may have been like five, six, or seven. But it was basically the whole starting lineup. All their best players all left. Um, and Greg Mar- Greg Marshall. We. We all assumed, well, look, maybe Greg Marshall's going to leave. Because why would – he's one of the best coaches in college basketball. Um, Wichita State they almost made the tournament. Probably were going to make the tournament. Um, they had a pretty good season for a team that wasn't super experienced. Why are all these guys just leaving? Why – you know, it, it seems like it's, they're pretty well – they're pretty well ran. Uh, and, again, Greg Marshall's a great coach. This, this is a sign that he's going to leave. But you see all this. You hear all stuff with Dabble Sweeney. And we actually interviewed Greg Marshall at yep. American Conference Media Day a couple of years ago. The interview never came out.
0: Yeah, technical was, issues. Sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had technical issues. So the but it's, it's on the out. record,
0: though. Yeah, you know, it was not Yeah, a private the record interview or anything. Yeah.
1: And in the interview, essentially, it's not, it's not probably anything that he wouldn't have said. He was comfortable saying to us in yep. front of a camera. It's not like he probably said to other people. But his stance was. That players should kneel, should stand for the national anthem. That yeah, he didn't dude. like players kneeling for the
0: national anthem. Yeah, my understanding was he said that he 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 talked to all his players and he said let's let's talk about this and let's talk about where we can go moving forward, and that, but it will not include standing for national kneeling for the, not standing for the national anthem. That was what he said. He kept stressing that if you feel a certain way, call me and we can talk about it, but we will not be not standing for the national anthem. Cause I asked him and twice, that, I because I I followed up with him, and he 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 reiterated basically the same thing. He was very clear on where he stood.
1: Right, and when he Wichita said that, state is in
0: crisis weird. right now? What? No, and I am saying Wichita State is is in a crisis right now. Uh, yeah, the school. Oh really? Well, yeah. So so you were talking about the players that I left, and you know we went to we went to the whole Greg Marshall comments. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but I, I took note of this. I thought that's we were gonna go with this as well. They they had like the the president may lose his job at that school because really the, the 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 students realized oh snap Ivanka is going to be our commencement speaker and oh snap like our biggest donor is Charles Koch uh this isn't what I signed up for <laughs> uh, well, that's yeah. a, like these kids they've been apparently they've been walling. like they're not there but they're like saying yo we about to do some massive. Demonstrations to let us them know we are not cool with anything that's happening, and yeah, there's some problems. And now and then, Ivanka I think pulled out. I want to say
1: yeah. And, you know, it's and funny she I blamed, about, she blamed I
0: cancel culture for for, yeah,
1: for. When I heard about that. But I I in didn't Wichita even State. care to know the school.
0: Yeah, because every school that keeps every time I keep seeing it in headlines, it's like Kansas school, and sure. and I partly was like, could it be Wichita State? Because I know Cokes. The Koch brothers and their contributions to the school, but that's a maybe not because I thought why would they say it, but no, then I was like, what you thought they like? Oh snap! <laughs> well, this is happening, and I was curious what the was going to be the response from the basketball department, and then hearing now all this stuff about uh, all these players leaving, and um, maybe I don't know what is happening. I, I can't tell you for sure, but
1: it's just it's just it's just interesting. You know, yeah. like, I mean, and again, I'm not I'm not saying that all these players left because Greg Marshall was racist, because that's probably not the case. But it's just it's just interesting. When we talk about like Greg Marshall had a certain view of uh, politics, whether it is his own beliefs or the beliefs of his boosters <laughs> had a certain belief. And, you know, Dabble Sweeney had a similar belief. And Greg Marshall has seen in the years, in the last two years, since then, of ma- uh, mass exodus of players. Well,
0: because of this whole thing, the Coke, uh, Charles Koch, uh, he said he's apparently threatening to withdraw financial support over the whole situation.
1: Which so will be Greg Marshall' uh, ouster. Not yeah, yeah.
0: He will, he will, he will, he will be, quit. Be, be. He will quit the day the day the money is not coming in. So. <laughs> As soon as, that, as soon as the coke check doesn't clear, the next the next week, he's gonna. That's the day of his resignation. So, when we ask why is Dabble having this position, why is this coach having this position? At the end of the day, man, it's all green. We can talk about black and white, and yes, black and white matters in terms of race, but green is a massive color that we can't forget, and the green is what. Uh, motivates a lot of these coaches. And we know, going back to Dabble, I don't know who funds, I don't know anything about Clemson's people in terms of money. But I do know where where they are. I do know their history. I do know, you know, the origins of the school. So leave that as it be when we ask why Dabble is, you know, hemming and hawing this whole week, but very strong about not protesting the National Anthem uh, four years ago. Green a lot of times also has a lot to do with that because green is the reason why a lot of those players are showing up. Okay, Ken, let's quickly uh, – we talked a lot about the – is there any lingering Floyd fallout that we missed before I move on? I think we got a lot of the major stuff. Good job on the Wichita State yeah. call because a lot of people don't know that story
1: about us yeah. talking to it, Greg we never, Marshall. we never mentioned it. I thought about just saying uh, anonymous coach. But I was like, no, because, yeah. I mean, it was on the record. We you just didn't record, air it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to figure – you, you probably would have figured it out anyway if you'd follow college basketball, ba- college basketball but yeah it's a very interesting story and I just the connection to dabble sweeney I think is interesting
0: yeah yeah
1: it's uh it, it is it is very
0: interesting um let's talk about the NBA real quick though. Know? so uh, we got our format now everything's mostly squared away we still don't got a lot of details about exactly what are going to be the health parameters and the health protocols for uh The season when it does resume, but it will indeed resume, at least so far. It's set to happen. As I said before, it will start the season on July 30th. Um, It will uh, be 22 of the 30 teams in Orlando at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Um, Training camp begins on July 9th, followed by a resuming of games on the 30th. A play in tournament will decide the eighth seed in each conference if that team that's the eighth seed doesn't have more than a four game lead on the ninth seed if the, that is the case and they do have more than a four game lead or less than a four game lead rather then they'll those two teams will play in a two out of best that two out of three series um, before uh, deciding who the final seed for each conference will be and then there being a 16 team full playoff um, and the playoffs they they're, they're gonna be traditional conferences still not going to be uh, reseeding which I think is probably the worst part of this entire thing. Kendall, I don't know about you, but I, I'll be honest, this feels a little this doesn't feel nearly as creative that I would have hoped. I don't yeah, know. I, but it, I, seemed I like, say- it seemed like a lot of the creative ideas that were being floated wasn't very popular
1: amongst executives for some reason. Well, yeah, I can tell you why. Um, tell <laughs> me. So, yeah. So, so, first of all, you know, I was dead wrong. Because last show, I came out and said the NBA is going to do something very innovative, and creative, that's what that's what they're known for, and this is the perfect opportunity to try something new. And I mean, look, they tried something. It was a cocky maybe way to give the Pelicans more games and give them a chance. <laughs> Pretty much, that's all this is. Let's keep it <laughs> for, 100. And look, and you know, what's funny because a lot of people are going at the Pelicans, saying I think the Pelicans thing is real, um, but I I don't I I don't want to overlook the fact that I also think the NBA wants the Wizards in the playoffs more than the Orlando Magic because. I think they understand the Rui Hachimura thing and him being Japanese and the Japanese viewership potentially wow. is a, is better than anything the Magic. Can that's do, some you know? third eye. That's some third eye viewing right it's there. Third I know where you mean, were going with that. I don't think <laughs> they are. I don't think they they crafted this whole system for the Washington Wizards. But th- th- why why twenty two teams instead of twenty? I mean, you could really in theory still do it with twenty and just say. Yeah, those teams didn't, didn't qualify. but And they want to make it look like, oh, we have one Eastern Conference team. But it's only the Wizards. I think they want to give the Wizards a shot. But um the reason I think the league... The, I, I agree with you. The reason the league went in this direction is because it was not popular amongst the franchises. Um, especially the franchises involved. Um... And again, I think the reason it wasn't fr- it wasn't popular when the franchising involved were so you had the teams that didn't make it for the most part don't care because they weren't gonna make it before and largely would rather just focus on the draft and free agency now anyway they're not worried about the playoffs so honestly like the, the Warriors I've already said they're in off season mode so they're not trying to do any system that really brings them back they don't want to compete for a playoff spot so yeah we'll, we'll close the system uh, we'll, we'll close the season down for them and then you have the teams in let's say the top 8 or 9 or 10 of the league don't want to they don't want to reset or they want to change things up to make it harder for them like yeah the Bucks would rather have it where they just play the worst teams in the league same with the, same with the Lakers same with the Celtics same with the Rockets and all those teams that are in the top four of each conference top five of each conference would prefer to kind of stay a status quo really mm-hmm. the only team we're talking about that would want a more wide open kind of you know kind of balanced system would be the teams at the bottom half you would think so because of that I, I mean that's why the GM numbers especially the GMs are the ones especially that are like yeah let's keep it the way it is because right. yeah you know why Rob Polinko doesn't want this to be a group stage thing where the Lakers can get knocked out after like after eight games. <laughs> he he'd rather uh, playing a random group of opponents. He'd rather the Lakers play the Grizzlies, right? Get, beat them, and then all right, now we beat the now we beat the the Nuggets, beat them, and then now it's whoever's in the conference finals, but. I think I think it makes sense why we came to this. I just think Adam Silver should have been a little more aggressive in saying this isn't what the fans want to see. It's hard to tell your bosses what to do, kind of. <laughs> in case you haven't, yeah. in case you didn't know, you know. And Adam Silver maybe he doesn't have the the, the uh, <laughs> maybe he doesn't have the clearance, but it's just like you guys all want this because you know it's best for you guys trying to win a championship. But if we're talking about eyeballs, I'm talking about. Quality of play. This would have been the best way to eliminate all the the malaise of the first round of the NBA playoffs. But. I will say. The regular season is going to be. Very exciting. Really? What what makes you say that?
0: Or unless you're well, joking. Yeah. I know this sarcasm is good.
1: Yeah. My sarcasm. You know. I throw it in there. That time it was not being sarcastic. Okay. I think it will be very exciting because. Well there's nothing going on. And okay. you throw in. Four games a day of basketball. Oh, that's The only be... basketball game happening all day. Yeah, that's, that's gonna, gonna be gonna
0: awesome. Be... No, that's gonna be good. Yeah.
1: Typically, NBA games are are overlapped. You had to pick one. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and they're one time during the day, maybe two times during the day. Yep. If you're lucky, you want to stay up to one a.m. You can watch a basketball game from seven to one. Yeah, my girlfriend very. My girlfriend's learned very quickly. Uh, the the dilemma of sports fans. Like, you watching the
0: Knicks, and I'll turn to. The Lakers. should be like, "Weren't you just watching the Nick game?" I'm like, "Yeah, but the Lakers game is on." She's like, "I thought right, you were a Knicks fan." I'm like, "I'm um, not explaining this. <laughs> like it's, he, I'm not even going to begin to explain like what I have to do as a sports fan he, to watch he, everything." He, exactly. He, it's he, ball he, night.
1: Ball night, but like now, it's ball day and night. It's ball it's, 24 it's, hours. <laughs> yeah, it's 24 hours. It's March Madness. What we would have gotten from March Madness, the be, the first round of March Madness, which we all love. Uh, it's what we would have gotten it's what we usually get from AAU basketball which you won't see this summer like it's but now you put that in an NBA format they said they're going to be games every day day, four for, for a a day for how long a month like that's going to be that's going to be great so i don't know i mean it's not going to help the first round of the playoffs i don't think but maybe the first round of the playoffs would be that would be like that as well i don't know but i heard that it i heard that it will be that it will be very similar there aren't different venues. They're all going to be playing essentially in more somewhere similar. They're going to be playing in different arenas around the country. So that aspect of it is going to be awesome. You know, watching these teams going to feel like the summer league, and that is always great. That's part of the reason why summer league is is so fun to watch, even if you're there or if you're on TV. That there are games all day. And will it be tough? Sometimes, you know, if they're the day where it's like, man, the the, the Magic are playing the, the Nets. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if I want to watch this. Fine, but still, that's one out of four games that you don't want to watch. And more t- often than not, you're going to be watching games that involve at least one playoff team, not two. And every every game is going to involve teams that are competing for a playoff spot or are already in the playoffs. So I think it's going to be awesome. Some people are talking about now that, you know, teams like the Pelicans are going to get screwed over because they're going to be... Put in made for TV games more so than a team like the Nets or the Magic, and maybe that's the case. I, I mean, hopefully the NBA isn't that messed up where they say, oh, because you have guys have Zion, we're gonna put you against the Lakers and Bucks, and you know we put you against the Clippers. Like I <laughs> assume, I,
0: just, I assume they would have had an eight game, eight game stretch against the Wizards
1: to get them in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, would, I would have assumed anti everything they'd want. So uh, you know, in terms of if you really want to get Zion in the playoffs. I definitely do think that the the number one thing was getting at least Zion in Orlando. You know, like, at least when the thing comes back, let's get Zion there. And look, they make the playoffs, they make it, if they don't, they don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only people whining about this are the Grizzlies. And my thing is, look, I, you know, I, I have respect for the city of Memphis. Uh, John Moran is a killer, but he's a great player. But I, I, I'm i not personally, I don't feel bad for you. You're not yeah. personally, I feel bad.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said before, you know, I, I, I feel like it's unfortunate that the league didn't get more creative with any of this stuff. You know, I feel like the 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 playing tournament just feels it's not even a tournament. It's just a series. I don't know what I keep calling it that. Yeah, it's a wild card right? series. Yeah. True. Like I've heard most people say a playing tournament. Like that's a tournament. Isn't two teams.
1: <laughs> yeah, last it's I two teams. yeah, it's so, not two
0: teams playing two games. They don't even call the college football playoff a tournament. They have four teams, yeah. So like <laughs> the two teams definitely in tournament. Um, yeah, I thought they, I thought they'd be way more creative, uh, but you know the, the issues laid out make a lot of sense. Um, I'm, I'm happy basketball comes back, but I, I you know obviously while I'm still concerned about these players' health, guys getting hurt, um, guys getting sick, and uh, and I'm concerned about tainted results again. You know I don't want to see oh. Uh sorry, you know, James Harden tested positive for coronavirus so he's done for the rest of the playoffs. It, yeah, got, like he'll be out for 10, ten days. Yeah, it's I got, I'm, I'm not trying to cool. see that. And, and like And look, like we're look, we're in a situation where coronavirus numbers ain't going down of yeah. most of the country. You know, I I lucky enough right now right now to be in New York City. I was not lucky 2 months ago, but uh but, you know, New York State and the city, the cases have been steadily declining. They're still declining, which has been great to see. But the state that they're playing in, cases are up. They've been going up. They're, they're not declining. So that's kind of like a thing where I'm like, that, that's something I think for all sports fans, we're going to have to be ready for. We're going to be ready for key players out for coronavirus. I don't know how many or how many, how long is going to happen or how that's going to affect the whole league. But... It's a factor, man. And it's, um, and that's the only unfortunate thing about all this, you know, it's just life is rough right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, this, you know, basketball being played is is kind of low priority right now, but it's just like, it's just nothing is really going to be perfect or, you know, uh, neat and polished
1: with anything they try to do. Now, um, the coaches thing is real. Adam Silver came out on the TNT show that they had kind of unveiling all this and said there may be a situation where we tell older coaches not to show up and that's a slippery slope you know coaches immediately came out alvin gentry was one of the more vocal guys saying you can't tell me what to do like i i like i know the risk i know i'm older but i know the risk and you know you can't tell me not to show up and then Because now you get into the danger of, all right, are we, you know, age, is age discrimination, you know, are we making younger coaches more valuable than older coaches if, you know, they can coach during a pandemic? Like, I don't know, but it's a slippery slope, but that's going to be the real thing that they have to do. They're going to have to discuss is like, you know, well, what they consider, I mean, I don't know, I
0: don't know what they've talked about, but would they consider having coaches in a booth and headsets? Maybe only the head coach is on the sideline. That's the what I would
1: suggest. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's what I was going to suggest is the NFL does it. Um, you know, sometimes the offensive coordinator and or defensive coordinator isn't even on the sideline. Yeah. And it's it's degree jarring at times, but you really don't have to be there. If the, head coach, if the head coach is relaying everything, if you have someone else. Like, I don't think, especially in basketball, you don't need more than the head coach, maybe one assistant. And trainers, yeah, pretty much. Really like, all you need
0: one team. guy. You know some of these coaches have a guy who draws up the plays, so maybe you want that guy on the sideline, right? Or you know, a guy you with a good ideas guy, <laughs> a guy. You yeah. know, like, but, yeah. but that guy could be in the, that guy could be in the
1: stands. Like again, you yeah, can have a headset be in or be in, in the booth. Like, right? Yeah. So absolutely, I, I I think that's the best way of going about it. Have all the coaches wear masks. Like, I think there's an easy way to do it. Where I mean, it's not the safest thing anyway. None of this is safe it's safe or none of this is the safest way to go about it but there's still i think there are measures you could take without feeling like man like like this guy can't be here yeah because at the end of the day because then you play also that game of that guy can't be here but what happens if one of the players gets it and gets sick or what happens if one of the younger coaches gets it and gets really sick like you can't also play the game of knowing who's gonna get affected worse by this, you know? The NBA, so, it, and this is where it gets dark, and
0: I'm sorry, but I'm going to say the NBA doesn't want somebody to die on their watch, and they're like, the older people are more likely to die. Right. And that's where this gets kind of nasty, where, yeah. where you kind of think about it, you're like, should we be doing this? <laughs> and there's a great reason to suggest maybe they shouldn't, because of that. But that's that's what this is. That's To me, there's no I'm being, keeping, I know it's blunt and it's harsh and it's sad. Um, I don't take joy in saying that, but that's what that policy is. It's, we can't have someone die on our watch trying to do this. Who's most likely to die? Old people, I right, tell them not to show up. And it's like, old people are a major part of the game. I keep talking about, we talked about it with Mark Stein, uh, excuse mm-hmm. me, uh, Mark Spears, shout out to Mark, about, uh, about you know, I said, I still believe, do the referees have to be on the court? Like, I don't know if they have to. Could yeah. you do one referee and then have referees on the sidelines and then calling fouls from there with right. monitors? <laughs> I, you <laughs> probably you probably could do it. Like you probably could. Like you need a guy on the court to just facilitate getting the ball out and stuff. But right. I don't think you need all three of them on there. And those guys are usually older than the coaches. Some of them. Yeah. So you know, like big and thing and was like 105 when he was still you know yeah. uh, out there refereeing.
1: And they're still better shape than ninety nine percent of the people in this I mean, country. Think that where it's like, yeah, you know, only uh, only the young refs are refs. Which is yeah, kinda, like he, I, I honestly think that's what's gonna happen, kinda which is kind of messed up because that's two crazy. People the best, but no, exactly. They're Usually the worst. Yeah, rush I right, have Kenny Maurer out there and <laughs> yeah. some other, some rookie ref
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be a problem. I, I, I you know. I don't. You're I haven't heard anything about, about that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard anything about the referees but it's like one of the things I'm really fascinated by because I feel like it's one of the things that could be one of the most progressive things we see in this whole pandemic thing is how the NBA handles refs because I know they've been talking about adding a ref but I'm like okay here's a example where maybe they should take away a ref and maybe they'll get better calls and stuff because they have like the luxury of like television as opposed to like being on the court
1: and Yeah, calls you know what I'm yeah. saying um, but I, Man. and I was, I was watching German soccer this week. Uh, yesterday, actually, Bayern Munich was playing in the German cup and there was no fans and it felt fine. Like you, you hear a player chatter, you really didn't know what they were saying, but you hear a player chatter kind of echo, but it was still soccer and it was still exciting. It was it like, I, I mean, was it was a little ominous maybe, but like, I, again, you know, when you put that. Translate that to like, oh yeah, if that was LeBron going against Kawhi Leonard, I would have been, new, I would have been like double the excitement for that. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still excited. Hopefully they find a way to do this in a, in a safe environment, do it in a way that is, the NFL put a lot of strict guidelines in there that the NBA will certainly have to consider. But um, hopefully everything goes up. Well. You know, thirtieth. Shout out to our Henry. It's his birthday. It so awesome Shout birthday! Out to him. But, um, yeah, this this should be uh this should be fun.
0: All right, let's wrap it up, Kendall. We were just talking about uh, live sports uh, a little
1: bit there, so let's wrap it up with Kendall's court. Yes. So, like you mentioned, live sports update, uh, version three. You had uh mentioned German soccer. Had some German soccer. Uh, Bayern Munich playing against Frankfurt. In the semifinals of the German Cup on ESPN, that was interesting. Um, like I already gave you my, my take on that. It was watchable. Uh, was no issue. And I believe the Premier League said they're going to be using FIFA uh, crowd noise and chants as background noise. I did hear that. NBA talked about using two, NBA 2K crowd noise. So, I mean, that that, that should be interesting. Um, you know, speaking of crowd noise, uh, we also had uh, top-ranked boxing bring back uh, their sport um, for ESPN uh, in a f- uh, free uh, free night of boxing um, where we had Cora Stevenson, who is has uh, be- been deemed by a lot of people the the next uh, generation of-, of the sport of boxing, uh, the next Floyd Mayweather. A lot of people consider him um, a kid from Newark, 22 years old, 13 and now. Or he has a title belt. Um, he is he won his fight uh against um Carbayo. A pretty much uh you know, if you watch wrestling, it was a squash match. It was kinda of, it was just a match to it was a warm up. It was basically a sparring competition because Carbayo did not match up for Shakur Stevenson at all. But again, still good to see boxing. Um it was A good it was a good performance, but when I mentioned the fans, they also had a system where they had fans participate with an app, interact with an app where they could their voices could quote unquote be heard, or quote unquote their voices could be heard. Um, I didn't notice it during the fight, so I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing, but it was something they tried at ESPN. So Uh, top ranked boxing is back, and then I also watched uh, UFC 250, the pay per view two awesome knockouts by uh, Sean O'Malley and uh, Corey Garbrandt, Cody Garbrandt. Um, if you get a chance to check those out, if you're a fan of combat sports, those were arguably two of the most impressive knockouts you'll almost ever see in a combat sport. So I would, I would, I would, intrig- and that's not just me saying that, that's people that watch more, UFC and Miss Martial Arts than I do that will say that. Um and then Amanda Amanda Nunez just obliterated uh Felicia Spencer in the in the main event. Um Nunez is getting to the point where it's like a joke in terms with anybody that could that could match up to her. Um she toyed around with Spencer for five rounds. Shout out to Spencer because she uh she she went the distance. Uh, although I think Nunes kind of held up in the last round, out of like, out of uh, respect, but but still, shout out to Felicia Spencer. But Amanda Nunes, man, I would not get in the ring with her personally, because um, that's a dangerous game. But yeah, that's uh, where yeah. we're at with live sports. Uh, UFC unveiled their fight island in Abu Dhabi. A lot of people are upset that it's not outside. You know, oh, I think yeah, people... I was a little upset by that too. Yeah, man, I kind of expected uh, we'd be fighting on the beach, but uh, Survivor style. But it, it, they do have an arena. <laughs> uh, I see. What I think is like, my my take is why not have? I know you feel like all right. What about weather conditions, and things of that nature? But like, just have an indoor facility, weather permitting. You know, just like Rucker Park. If right, if, yeah,
0: exactly, if, yeah. Or, if if, Gauch- if, yeah, exactly. Gaucho Gym is is the rain spot.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. It's simple.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't think like I, for, other than that, I don't think that it's gonna really gonna affect anything else. It's a fight. A fight's a fight, so I don't know. And also it's probably safer in terms of COVID nineteen. But regardless, yes. um I but regardless, it's still on an island, so hopefully they find ways to to incorporate that into the broadcast, incorporate that into the the promotion of the fight. But still should be interesting and it will allow for a more international flay, flavor uh fights. And Conor McGregor retired, but we don't care because he'll be back. Yeah, 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 he'll be he'll be as soon as uh the fans are back, he'll be back.
0: Um yeah, I did wa- I didn't get to watch much of the USC, but I did hear Nunez uh dominated home girl. Uh man, she's just she don't get enough credit as being one of the best athletes in the world. Like yeah. she's probably top 5. And yeah, uh, I-, I don't think most people and most people will not name her in the top 5. Nah.
1: But there's no one close. Like, there's no one close. There's no one to fight her at this point. It's getting to the point where it's like, why would you fight her? It, um, it does speak to a little bit of a weakness
0: we have in sports, though, where with female sports. it's it, And it's unfortunate where, you know, because Nunes doesn't have to some a lot of people, some people, this sex appeal. I feel like she doesn't get promoted nearly as much as other great female athletes. Um you know what I'm saying? Like, like Ronda Rousey. Yeah, Serena. but they Ronda Rousey
1: the obvious example of someone right. else. Like, the like there's definitely sport. yeah, well, not nearly as, as, as Nunes. We're being honest. yeah, Nunes
0: smashed her by the way. Yeah, <laughs> also
1: and she beat her at the head, but even at their peaks, you know, at this point Nunes is surpassed, surpassed Rousey yeah. by a mile. Yeah, and but not nearly the the the, the name. It's a brand yeah, that, thing. It's, and it's,
0: it sucks because it's not It has nothing to do with the talent You know what I'm saying Yeah. Like talent. Uh, You know sexism and racism Are all factors that we still deal with And a lot of that comes from uh, How we view women And misogyny that goes behind it Because again Nunez is is just She's unbelievable A truly unbelievable fighter A truly once in a lifetime fighter in the UFC uh, And you, you can't get any press for this girl and that's the only reason why. Because there's no other reason. You could say, why? And it doesn't help she's American as well.
1: But. It doesn't know, help,
0: but. but really? Me, she speaks English now, but, you know. Yeah, Maria Sharpova was Russian, and we, we gave her every oh, yeah, microphone, every it. spotlight possible. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Anna Kordakova was Russian. Like, yeah. You know, there's a certain. And she didn't win anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, not to this, you know, but, like, come on. Like, 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 um, that's that's one thing I, I feel like. Even about uh,
1: you know, Osaka is an American, but she's a bigger she's a bigger name. And obviously we could talk about, you know, it's a different sport, but like still, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's uh I don't know what it is with Nunes. I mean there is I'm telling you what it is. It's Yeah, EJ knows what it is. They but they're not
0: able to sell sex so and therefore or they don't at least they don't feel like they can. So it becomes so then they just don't try. Like it's it's gross. Yeah. It's really it's really nasty. Um, shout out to to Nuna. She she's a she's a star. And shout out to uh, to Shakur man Shakur Stevenson. Um, it's my second fight watching him. Uh, it, kid's nice. You know what I'm saying. I I I do feel yeah. like the only thing about his game right now that like I don't say it worries me, but I do feel like he's still missing some power. Like, yeah. you know, homeboy was kind of hanging around Carabello a little longer than he should have. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the fight, you know, of course, he was dead. I felt like I hit him with great shots that he was still there. And I was like, yeah, I felt the same way. <laughs> 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 I think anybody's fan was like, you know, saw them shots. And they were like, he was did, like, I didn't go to take him down. And, you know, Carabello got some heart. I don't want to just make it sound like, you know, he had no heart and, and that he wasn't the reason why he stayed up. But, you know... So- I, I I think with Stevenson, even this fight and in the last fight I watched, you know, I, I think I, have, I would like to see him put guys away a little earlier. He doesn't seem to have that show stopping power, right? And and that could lead to him not being as exciting as maybe
1: his Floyd talent. Be. His talent even suggests Floyd he should not, be. Not that bad, but yeah,
0: because he because he talked about how Floyd, you know, he even said like he doesn't want to play like a villain loudmouth role. He You're feels right. like like he doesn't want to be that guy. He he's a very likable kid. He he is a million dollar smile. But and, that's the
1: entertaining thing about Floyd Mayweather, it's right? Not-
0: F- Floyd has to be that because his fights aren't going to be that interesting. They're not. You're they're not right. going to be that exciting. You know the end The result, he's not going to knock anybody out. He's not gonna say anything crazy. He's not going to get hit with anything crazy. You know, he's not going to have to dig deep. So the lead up to the fight is got, and his antics have to be over the top for it to work. It does. It, it's 100% does. He's a unbelievable boxing promoter, but <laughs> he won a lot of He's made, he made a lot of money. He has a lot of money, but like, but because of Stevenson is decided. And I think it's great that he does not want to be that character. At least he's decided that for now in his career. I'm like, okay, well I can appreciate this guy's like unbelievable skill level, but will a lot of people, if he's not just knocking guys out left and right, I mean, he's got like 14 wins and like only half of them are by knockout. These are guys, Against like bums in the beginning of your career, I don't think I don't know if he's ever going to be that kind of guy who's knocking people out. Maybe it's just he needs to get stronger because he, you know, obviously he's going to go up in weight and maybe those knockouts will start to come. But that's the the only thing about his game. Everything else, his defense is unbelievable, nah. his hand speed's unbelievable, his accuracy is un- <laughs> like every like he, all the sliders are all the way at a 10 in terms of his skill level. It's There's just no way. The power. There's no way you'll, you'll ever fight, fight, uh, Mayweather, right? No, nah, he's too young. He will never Shoot. get. To, by the time, time he gets to that level, no, that won't yeah. happen. Floyd will be Brian. Out, Floyd were, is not fighting right? another boxer for the rest of his life. <laughs> he's gonna fight UFC people. He's gonna fight WWE wrestlers. He's gonna fight Mortal
1: Combat people, actors. Yeah, he's gonna fight people from Tekken. He ain't fighting he fight any Paul. more boxers. Yeah, he might fight Logan Paul, but yeah, he's gonna lo- fight Logan Paul
0: <laughs> before he fights a, a, a real boxer. He might um, fight 50 Cent before he fights a real boxer. We're not going to see Floyd... Like, now it's all about money and show. It's no longer about the
1: sport. Right. And, and he, more power he to him. Train, I have no beef with that. But that's he what he is at this point. Like, he may train someone like Shakur Stevenson. You
0: know, the so, only person who cared about... Uh, sorry, to The only person who cared about Conor McGregor retiring was Floyd Mayweather. Only person yeah. who came out with a comment. Yeah. He came out and was like, Yo, fam, I thought we were supposed to fight. What's up? Because Floyd saw it, man. That was my bag. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> He was like, where are you going, man? I need you.
1: Because he's yeah, not trying to
0: fight. Like, Look, I would watch him fight Bud Crawford tomorrow. He don't want that smoke. And I'm not yeah. saying Floyd couldn't beat Bud Crawford, but the risk isn't worth the money. Yeah, <laughs> It don't make no sense. He'd make more money fighting Conor McGregor when he in, in a fight that he can't lose. Maybe he's he know. can't lose against, against, against Buddy Crawford, but... <laughs> to me. Yeah, no. Like, he nah. ain't fighting Triple G. He ain't fighting none of them guys. He ain't fighting none of them guys. Yeah, nah. The money's not worth it for the the small risk, because he's still so amazing, you feel like he can't lose. But you no, know, I'd rather fight somebody who's gonna give me way more money and I have zero risk. Now nah, so, he
1: definitely seems like he's definitely gonna try and follow in, you know, his uncle and his dad's footsteps of being the trainer. Uh so I can see him training someone like Score Eason too. At some point. Now, what's interesting is
0: I I, I follow Shakur Stevenson's kind of promotional free agency. It was a big deal when he chose uh, top. top Rank over over the Money Team. That yeah. was that wasn't that was, and I think that's part of why you've seen him stiff arm the Floyd comparisons yeah. a lot. Yeah,
1: he, yeah, he's dif- he distances himself from that.
0: Yeah, and it's not that he's not disrespectful to Floyd in any way. And I, I've seen him, you know, him and Floyd take pictures this often. Yeah, but. I, for whatever I, I don't know if Bob Arum's got in his ear, but like it's clear like like I don't think he'll ever you know, manage him. At least not not right now, or or, right. or you know train him. But I, I can see I definitely see Floyd getting into uh, I don't know about training, but I can see him definitely. He's already in the promotional game. But I can see him even being more close to like really wrapping his arm around a guy. guy. Like I think he tried. I think he tried to do it with AB a little bit, and then that blew up because Broner couldn't fight. Right, and that's probably why he hasn't really done it to another guy in a while. Yeah,
1: couldn't fight and had his own mental issues.
0: Yeah, yeah, and had problems, you know. Uh, so, so, so that was a no. that was a that was a failed experiment. So I think going to me a long what? time before he tries that. If he's wanted to try it with anybody, this would be the right kid. That's why Andre Ward was smart. He picked. Yeah. He he's jumped on that bandwagon quick. And yeah. and first of all, just for Shakur, what a much better uh, role model to have leading your career, by the way, than Floyd Mayweather, though. Yeah, maybe I would, not. I maybe not from a money standpoint, but just from a character standpoint. I feel much better. You know, no way I can kind of question
1: Andre Ward's character. Floyd yeah. is another yeah. question. What I will say about the pay per view was: Did you see that 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 fight before the main event? Was it dude
0: Jared Anderson? Being the the boxing uh, yeah sh- showcase? No, I didn't watch. I I only
1: saw the main event. <laughs> okay, you're you lucked out because <laughs> okay. So I see this guy, I turn it on, and first of all, I see this dude in a, he's got a New England Patriots shirt and New England Patriots trunks, like a New England Patriots jersey, he's wearing a Tom Brady jersey, and New England Patriots trunks, I'm already like, alright, so who's this guy, clearly this guy is playing the WWE thing, you know, he's to put a character, but regardless, they're, they're hyping this kid up, he's 21 or 20 years old, At he's 20 years old, he's 3-0. and and they said in his three fights, you heavyweight, that he won in an average of 90 seconds. So I'm like, oh, man. like This kid, <laughs> might, be, this kid might be next Tyson. Me and Shamari uh, were watching this. And I'm like, wow, this kid might be the next Tyson. And this fight was awful, man. Like, the guy, when he won, because the guy, whoever he was fighting, the dude was gassed after two rounds. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, yo, did you have a training camp? I'm like, come on, man. You're tired now. But, like,. The fight ended up going—the fight went three rounds, and it was a bad three rounds. Like, the guy would have lost to anybody with any competition. But the way they were hyping him up, like, again, you, you I thought this guy was going to get knocked out in, in 30 seconds. And so for the fight to go a full three rounds, I mean, impressive to the other guy, Langston, who went, who went with Jared Anderson, but it's a little disappointing. Yeah, and, not, not the greatest showing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm someone I've never heard of the kid. He's only twenty years old, so I'm sure he's gonna have a bright future in the heavyweight division. But I've never heard of the kid. I'm a casual fan who turns it on. First I think I see of him is him kinda barely getting by a a a you know, a dude that is at the back end of the division. That's not not great. But I don't know. Yeah,
0: you, if you're in your fourth fight and you ain't knocking the guy out, there's some problems. Like, there's, like there's some problems, The dudes man. they the dudes they line you up for your fourth fight as a star. Are like the dudes you find, you know, like fighting in like some underground cage. Like they're, they're not real boxers. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know, the dudes fighting in like the you know the you know the Mexican bars. Like you know, like that. Like you're finding.
1: It's gonna be easier than like the second fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, like they they're gonna be they're giving you like nobody, so you can't watch that dude.
1: Especially <laughs> after a pandemic.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the the pickings of the bombs are slim, <laughs> even during a <laughs> pandemic. They still couldn't. They still they they couldn't get
1: you someone that you couldn't watch. Yeah. So I don't know. But I don't know. You know, look, he was rusty. Shakur was rusty. Late, so and neither of them had probably their best performances. But I
0: don't see. I don't think
1: Shakur was rusty. I just
0: don't think he has the kind of power.
1: Like he he said that he
0: thought he got hit too much. I mean, he was not getting touched. Like he he's so good. I I'm yeah. telling you, I've watched him twice now. I don't think he's this knockout artist. Like I I, you know. I think he's yeah. a supremely skilled boxer who can who whose hand quick. speed is lightning quick, his feet are lightning quick, and his defense yeah, is just yeah. completely impeccable right now for a kid that age. I just don't think he's got a guy with a lot of power. How does that come? I don't know. Maybe again, maybe crazy. it comes in more weight. He's only twenty two years old, he's, he's gotta work into his man body. So it may, that, that power could come. I'm not gonna, you know, go crazy. But you know, he's supposed to be the next boxing superstar.
1: And everything else he, is there he, now. And he's not knocking guys out. So right.
0: Every,
1: everything else is there. When He gets to welterweight. It's not going to get any easier to knock guys out.
0: No, but you, I guess the hope is that if he puts on the weight though, and he yeah. gets stronger yeah. that like right now he's fighting at a weight that he's not carrying well for his young body, but a man's right. body at welterweight is different than, uh, you know, a boy's body sure, at yeah. featherweight. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I think that's the, that's the idea. While, yes, it's hard to knock a guy who's bigger. If When you're bigger and you're physically more mature, that's where things will change. Um, Shout-out to Kendall. That was a great live uh, update. We got to talk about boxing. and You guys can hear. I, I love boxing. I just don't get to talk about it that much because, unfortunately, there's not a lot to talk about it. Though, I do want to mention real quick, you did see that uh, uh, Joshua and, and uh, what's his name about to happen? Fury. Joshua and Fury.
1: They oh, kind of got buried. I kind of saw it in They time. did get buried. Yeah, uh, they had they a two-fight deal. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought I kind of like didn't care, but then then you think about it and like this was something people have been asking for for years. Yeah, all well, the world's on fire, so like you, yeah, gotta no make, you really got you got you
0: got to have some big news to make a headline. So, yeah. So unfortunately, even something like that didn't make the big headline it should, and I I didn't get to read the parameters or watch Fury's interview or his video announcing it, but I assume it's I saw his quote. He has to fight wilder first and then i think that deal happens i'm not 100 sure wilder has the rematch clause but i'm i'm really excited to watch fury
1: versus uh joshua i who, mean who promotes joshua like which which I like no tell you i mean hbo doesn't isn't in the game anymore i don't, I don't know if he's a zone he might be
0: a the guy right he he may be but I, that's not a promotion though like I don't yeah know it's not a promotion, promotion but like is. from a
1: tv perspective
0: like yeah the zone was i watched the last time i watched this fight it was on the zone right 'Cause he he's fighting Ruiz, right? Yes.
1: Right, yeah. right. Joshua Ruiz too. So he that may be so they may I don't know if they'll do a simulcast and ESPN his own Simulcast. Or if they'll switch it up. If it's two if it's two fight deals, they may do one. They may do a home and home. But I don't know. It should be interesting. Yeah, he, Joshua left Showtime in twenty eighteen.
0: Is he a free agent? uh i don't know for tv this, or is this was a 2018 TV? article i don't know what's happened oh, since okay, yeah yeah I, I just know what happened that he left <laughs> i don't know what happened after yeah uh he signed an eight he signed an eight year oh no sorry wait am i that's, that's right uh you yeah, know he didn't sign a year deal but yeah he he's affiliated with the zone i don't know what his exactly who promotes him but that's that's his network i guess you would say So that's that's who he's riding with, but yeah, I don't know how that's gonna work, but I, I'm I can't wait to see it though. Uh, yeah, his promoter signed a one billion dollar deal with Deshon. There you go. Thank you for sorting that out for me. So, so yeah, I don't know how they're gonna work that out. Um, but it, it, when, the one thing I will say is that I mean, you know, there's still some guys ducking. You know, uh, the welterweight division is a joke. Nobody went the fight. Crawford, even though because all the best guys are on, the other best guys are on PVC and nobody touching anybody at top rank so that's kind of that That like really sucks but the one thing I can say is I like that the heavyweights have like kind of like let that stuff to the side like they're just finding ways to make these deals work so like Wilder and Joshua got to Wilder and sorry Wilder and uh, Fury got to work it out no, Joshua and Fury got also, to work it out. That makes me assume that at some point we'll see Wilder and Joshua as well. So. We didn't do Flames
1: and Trash because it's kind of it's obvious who all the guys that were trash this week were. And we don't do a four-hour show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But one guy that is relevant to this conversation, Wilder would have been trash he in do? any other month for the stuff he was saying about Mike Tyson. What did he say about Mike Tyson? Well, he, just, he was being kind of cryptic, but he was just alluding to the fact that Mike Tyson is overrated. And that Mike Tyson really isn't as good as people say he is. Or say he was.
0: Yeah, that's kind of crazy. He, you can't you can't be the fighter that...
1: You can't. This dude...
0: Yeah, I, he can't be the guy. First so, of all, nobody really should be the guy. But he like, can't be the guy.
1: Like, clearly, clearly, this guy woke up from his, you know, concussion. His, his, his <laughs> coma. That Fury put him in to say this nonsense. But, no, nah, yeah. I mean, Tyson... His, his thing was like, oh, tell me, who is Mike Tyson really beat? He's like, besides, Le- who has he really fought? Like, besides Lennox Lewis <laughs> and, like, man, uh, who, is he, like who, who has he really fought that is a Hall of Famer? And, and I'm like, and the guy, he's like, don't, he's like, get out of here with the speak stuff. Get out of here. He fought Bones. I'm like, all right, man. I, I like, I'm not the guy to have the debate, but I'm just telling you, man, this, this, like, that's not the hill you want to die on. Deontay Wilder.
0: Well apparently Tyson and Wilder have kinda had a beef, it sounds like. I just Googled Tyson and Wilder. And Tyson said that like Deontay had no chance against uh Fury and uh uh Tyson's ex trainer that said that you know Tyson could uh knock out Fury today. I mean, excuse me, Tyson can knock out Wilder today. Oh. <laughs> so something's going on there. There's some kind of beef that we don't we're not preppy to yet. Um, I'm, I don't want to get in the middle of it. Those two men are scary. I, don't know. I have nothing, <laughs> nothing bad to say, or want to get involved in any of that. All I will say is the reason why, and the reason why I was even talking about the fact that he lost as well, why? Because I would never disrespect Deontay Wilder. Um, I was saying the reason why I didn't think he should be the guy to say that is because forget that he lost. Like Wilder is the kind of boxer Tyson not not the kind of boxer he was, but like the same things that. Wilder could say about Tyson is what people are saying about Wilder, so like to be like, oh, he's not fighting anybody, he's knocking out bums. It's like okay, but like, who have you beaten? You've beaten nobody, and you knocked out bums and lost to people that were good. So like, like you can't like you can't be the one to be like like Tyson doesn't have a have a say because of X. Like you have the same weaknesses and are not as good. So. That's like, that's why the issue. No, I, I, for their own health, I advise nobody say anything bad about Mr. Mike Tyson. But even just from my, we just talking boxing standpoint, I I, I find it hard for me to take credibility from while they're making that statement about Tyson. When it's like the arguments about Tyson being one dimensional, not fighting a lot of, you you know, prominent heavyweights during his time. And therefore his knockout rate being inflated is exactly what everybody will say about you. So how would you even dare to try to say that Tyson was overrated? Um, also, I, you know the whole ty- that is not an argument that doesn't happen. that people say, "Oh, Tyson was great," but who did he fight? Part of what made Tyson great, I think, was that he just erased an era. There would have been other fighters who would have been good had Tyson not been alive. Like he wouldn't like the fact that like nobody had a chance because he just just erased everybody because of how dominant he was. Speaks to his greatness. You know? The fact that nobody else could rise up during that time except for Evander Holyfield who Tyson didn't get to fight in his prime. And I don't know what would have happened uh, if Tyson would have fought him in 90 or 91 or 89 supposed to fight him in 96. Like, you know, it was a, that Tyson was a whole different Tyson by the time he got to him.
1: Mentally unstable, <laughs> I mean, physically unstable. You gotta watch it when we're when we're, when we're, when we're done.
0: But I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this boxing segment. Yo, we do too many podcasts, but it's like, yo, we we used to do a boxing podcast, <laughs> I feel like, because I, 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 I love talking about boxing. Um, I don't get to talk about it enough. What is this video you sent me? Um, let me see if I can pull this joint up. All right, here's the video. I'm watching it now. I, okay, he's driving. How many Hall of Famers fighters that Mike Tyson actually fight? So he's in his car. He's questioning the lack of Hall of Fame fighters that Tyson's fight. He said Michael Spinks is a bu- Michael Spinks is a bum. He said don't bring Black Holmes because he was old. Somebody saying he's six. <laughs> he just keeps saying, How many? <laughs> so yeah, I seen like uh, forty seconds of this video. Yeah, so Deontay is driving his car with somebody talking to him, uh videotaping him. Uh yeah, I don't I don't I think this is a ridiculous argument. Um it's not an argument that's made though. It's not new. Like this is the argument of, against Tyson being mentioned as like one of the five best... Yeah, of I'm, all time. Like when people Tyson, are talking about the greatest Yeah. Like yeah. Like, if you're saying
1: he's goat, I, then you're probably wrong.
0: Right, right. I think if you're saying he's the GOAT, that is the argument. I'm not disagreeing with that. Like at certain points, like, okay, yeah, but he like nobody rose up in his era at all. Like, then it gets to the point where it's like, yeah, it starts to become a detriment we are talking about being the greatest of all time. But in terms of being he's like talking about just Mike Tyson being great. And I'm just like, Well, that has nothing this is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous conversation. If you're, if you're comparing to Muhammad Ali, yes, the fact that, you know, Tyson's best victories are not against Joe Lewis and George Foreman and you know Floyd Patterson. Like, yeah, that's a big deal. That's a that's why he's not as good as Muhammad Ali. But in terms of being better than you, no, that's not a question. Um, so that, yeah. that, that like, that's that's how they, I feel. But again, shout out to Deontay Wilder. Hey, Much respect to him.
1: People say he beat anybody. And it's like, well yeah, Jordan didn't maybe Jordan didn't play against a LeBron like figure because he was the only guy, because he beat everybody. So no one was able to elevate themselves to that status of, you know, best player in the league. Because he was the guy the whole time. Like, maybe because he was that great, you know? So if that's the conversation, you know, that where you look at T- Tyson, do I think he's the greatest of all time? No. But if you want to ask, if you're saying, is he overrated, and you say because he hasn't fought anybody, well, maybe he was fighting guys, like he said, that would be considered better fighters had they fought in a different era or had they not had to fight Mike Tyson. So I don't know. Some of this stuff is just like, but
0: our the younger generation of people who didn't watch, like, they don't respect anything. So, like, some of it, like, actually, like, when they did that marathon of Tyson fights a couple of weeks ago during the first weeks of pandemic, like, I'm watching some of those fights and you, like, watching this guy speed and, like, his, the precision of his punches, you're like, this guy would have murdered anybody else in front of him. Like, sometimes it's just the skill. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just, oh, who he's All fighting. Right. It's like, nobody is stopping this. You know, as my okay. Tyson of family said, everybody out playing until they get hit. So, like, that that dude was on another level. There's no way other way to describe it other than that. I can't describe to you his power unless you felt it um i can't describe to you his speed unless you've been in the ring with him i've never done it but i'm just saying like to say oh but who was he fighting it's like do you see what he's doing like nobody's stopping this like this is not this is pretty easy what's going on And he's 20 20 years old whoever he is knocking out guys like 35 in the middle of the prime of their careers like tyson was just, uh, an icon shout out to to iron mike anyway Uh, That's going to wrap this very long show. Uh, Too long, but I hope you guys stayed and enjoyed it. I certainly did enjoy it. Um, uh, You can catch all of our podcasts on New Generation Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Especially make sure you check out our um, newest uh, recruiting podcast, The Uncommitted. Episode 2 is up on those platforms as well as YouTube where it's our only consistent uh, video podcast. Uh, You can find us on New Generation Media on YouTube. Find us on social media, uh, Twitter, uh, we're we're at uh, New Generation Pod on Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and uh, New Generation Media on Facebook. Find me on social media, I'm EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, and Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for listening in. For uh, Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.